0: Sports Yak. Oh One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get
1: your big butt out of here!
0: And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be Chuck Freeby. Forever!
1: Do you like sports? Cause we like
2: sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. At
0: SIFPOP. We're your movie friends, and are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do.
1: There's always room. For more movie friends, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. 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 To the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sip Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, there, but not that Aaron, of course, and today I'm joined by Sip Pop Writer, Joe.
0: Hey, how you guys doing,
1: Joe, we, um... Right. Joe and I write for Civpop.com, writing movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie-related articles. And by the way, lots of new people joining Civpop recently, um, which which is fun because, I mean, I don't know if you've already felt it, but it makes the BECs a lot more competitive. Um, <laughs> you know, as opposed to going up against 10 people, you're pretty much guaranteed a spot on the top 10, but now there's like 30 people going for them and like you got to get it like as soon as you can, like, um, yeah, you got to
0: hop in that email as soon as, as soon as it pops up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Alex, Alex messaged me 40 minutes after it went out and he's like, dang, these guys, these new guys work fast. And I look and like you're on the list and Chantal's already got some claimed analysis. Something claims like, it's all the old people too, like, <laughs> but, but yeah, you got to get on it quick. Um, which, but it also makes it a lot more fun and I feel like we get a chance to write about more movies and publish more movies and hopefully that means, you know, we'll get all of the movie releases and, you know, some smaller stuff that, um, that we can give more attention to. So, uh, lots, lots of exciting things, but, uh, and we published our first video game review. Um, Alex did a uh, mass effect, the legendary edition. Um, so that's exciting. Lots of, lots of cool things happening at sip pop.com. Um, That's awesome. Great collection so I uh, look, it, I bought it, uh, pre-ordered it. Uh, haven't gotten around to it yet and I've never played the originals. So, um, hope you enjoy I'm, it. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Yeah, so make sure you check out the website, Sifpop.com, to keep up with all that. And uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about a coming attraction. We're going to give our thoughts on two movies that are coming out. These will be In the Heights and Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Uh, And then we'll talk about the Sif topic, uh, which is Spider-Man films, because this was supposed to be right around the time that Venom, Let There Be Carnage, was supposed to release after the initial pushback. And then I think uh, I think COVID and maybe some post production stuff pushed it back to November, but that's not going to change our schedules. Uh, we'll explore the B plot, which I think was really fun. We're gonna we're gonna fantasy cast a live action Miles Morales Spider Man movie. I think that's going to be really fun. And uh, we'll wrap up with a spinoff quick recommend or warning from me to one of us. But first, let's get a chance to familiarize ourselves, familiarize ourselves with our writer again uh, this week. And uh, Joe, um, I'm uh i'm I'm curious to see how you'll do we've i've been doing a movie trivia game i got this game for christmas it's just a bunch of cards and i'm just curious to see uh see how you'll do um i feel you know because you're on pretty regularly so we've, i've got to so ask you all trivia. the questions even
0: if i know stuff i just get nervous and i just forget so this should be fun all
1: right so i picked a, <laughs> I picked a random card uh and i'm gonna pick a question that i like from these Um, because I realized there's several different genres and I realized if I let you pick a genre, like they're just, they're so easy. Um, sometimes, um, I like this question. What's the name of the pub in Shaun of the Dead? The Winchester, the Winchester. Correct. I do not even know
0: I had to think about that. That's that's bad.
1: (laughs) It's fine. I told you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've seen it like a hundred times.
1: Yeah. uh, Look, it, it, but it's also one of those on the spot things. And it's one of those, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those, um, yeah, I put the pressure on, and it's one of those every hesitation, somebody somebody at home listening is just screaming at you. Uh, <laughs> what's the name of the lake that Jason drowns in in Friday the 13th? And I'm the worst right now,
0: and I know this, too.
1: I've never seen any of the movies in Eden, and uh, uh, it, uh, it would have taken me a second, but... Crystal Lake. Crystal Lake. You got it.
0: Learning why. See, again, that is horrible.
1: All right, I got one more for you. <laughs> in what so city... Does Michael Mann's heat take place?
0: Ooh, that's actually a tough one.
1: I have a multiple choice option if you would prefer. Oh,
0: I want to say it's Chicago.
1: Is that your final answer?
0: Yeah, I'm just going to go with it.
1: It is Los Angeles, but Chicago ah. is a very good guess. Um, you know, they're, they're pretty similar and honestly, who knows, it might have actually been shot in Chicago. It's one of those weird.
0: It kind of looks like
1: Chicago. I was like, this doesn't look like any LA I know. Well, uh, and we'll, and we'll talk about movies that are supposed to take place elsewhere <laughs> that are filmed in Chicago later. But yeah, um, but hey, that, you know, thanks for thanks for playing along. That was a uh, uh, a little bit of fun, and uh, um, you know, two two for three, and uh, and a pretty good guess at the third one. That's a that's a pretty good pretty good record. So
0: I'm pretty embarrassed uh, about the Crystal Lake thing, but. <laughs> It took
1: me long but... Well, you got it though. You got it. It's all good. Um, so I have a, I have a random question for you. Now I go to a movie website or I go to a website that just asks random movie questions. And I really try to avoid all of these um, like film or TV related questions. Cause the idea is to pull from something random, but I came across this episode. That I was like, look, this seems timely. And uh, and this gives a chance to talk about it. I mean, you were on TV, uh, the first episode you were ever on a TV catch up, but I um, mm-hmm. thought it would be fun. Really divisive question right now uh that i thought would be the the perfect way to transition us uh, through is is friends a good tv show
0: i don't personally think so i'm not a huge fan of it okay um for multiple reasons like i don't i don't find any of the characters likable i don't know if i'm supposed to um i don't buy that they are able to live in the situation you're living in in the middle of new york it's just not believable to me yep um and, and i think there's just better sitcoms out there that have the same type of premise like i'm more of like it's uh, a Seinfeld person or it's always sunny where at least I know what the score is. Like they're terrible people and I'm enjoying them being terrible. But sure. Yeah. I've never been a fan of friends. i my thing.
1: Yeah. Um, I think friends is a, is a totally fine show. If you can understand two or three things, Number one, this really revolutionized the sitcom, um, the genre, this really revolutionized the, the stage, um, and, uh, uh, multi, multi-camera, um, comedy uh without friends um how i met your mother is a completely different show and um scrubs is a completely different show and literally any show you could think of after 1995 is a completely different show uh and for some of that would be for the better and some of that would be for the worse um i think if you can understand that it aired for starting in 1995 then it's a totally fine show but there is no better example of a, of a of more recent example of a show that really hasn't aged well. Um like, it's such a popular show that really hasn't aged well. I mean, it's 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 incredible. I remember Friends hitting UK markets, like, four or five years ago. And they never had it before then. And then all of a sudden, it came out, like, Netflix in the UK. And a bunch of them watched it. And they're just like, no wonder America's 50 years behind the rest of the world. Because this is the most homophobic, <laughs> offensive thing I've ever seen in my life. And they're, they're not wrong. It's, it's a really offensive show. So, you know, with an asterisk um it's fine it's it's not my top 10 list so
0: yeah i I think it's why seinfeld and it's always sunny is so effective because it's supposed to push those buttons you know what i mean like it it has it has that mentality to do so like yeah whereas like with friends you're just like you you guys really didn't really think out some of the things you guys were kind of talking about or discussing you know
1: well and and you're right like none of these characters are likable um and i mean that's important because the show wants you to like them this isn't like it's always sunny in philadelphia where where the whole time you're thinking oh bless their heart he doesn't know any better uh um, <laughs> yeah. it's it's no these are Charlie's, these are he's so supp-
0: charming he's such a dummy <laughs> these
1: are well these are supposed to be people that you know right you're supposed to identify with one of the characters and you're supposed to be like oh that friend but like i don't know anybody like phoebe and i you know don't think rachel's a likable character i don't think monica's a likable character chandler's not for sure ross is the worst joey's the most likable one out of there but he's a womanizing self-absorbed fool and and that's all he's (laughs) ever written to be he's never written to be smart or have an emotional moment or things like that and it's kind of a shame so
0: ross is definitely the worst yeah he's 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 a sociopath
1: (laughs) he's 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 awful and and look i me and my wife um Hot, hot take. Uh, I guess, uh but we're we're both of the opinion that if Rachel was going to end up with anybody, it should have been Joey instead of Ross because there's nothing redeemable about Ross and Joe. Joey at least tries. And look, they're maybe not the best fit, but r- neither are Ross and Rachel. So we need to stop putting I, Ross I, and I Rachel don't think as that's the a
0: hot take. I think I should. Just, <laughs> I think that that should just should have been a thing. Like like you said, yeah. at least like Joey tries and he's like. you you feel like that. I mean, I haven't watched a whole ton of of friends, but I feel like there's empathy there. You know what I mean? And like, there's something there, you know what I mean? Emotionally, where like Ross, you're just like clockwork. And like, he always seems like he's scheming and like feeling bad for himself all the time. He's just, I don't know. He's not likeable at all.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I also feel like friends is one of these shows that like you remember the highlights and you remember the good episodes, but you really forget about the bad episodes. uh, Excuse me. I can say the same thing about the office. Um, You know, I, I'm not a big fan of the office. Uh, I've been pretty vocal about that on the podcast. It's just not a show for me. Um, and I have so many problems with it. Um, and all the fans are like, yeah, but what about that one episode where Dwight pulls the fire alarm or sets a fire in the building and, <laughs> and, and traps the doors? And it's like, okay, that's a, that's a semi-funny clip. But also, there's a million problems with that. And then if you want to talk about, oh, this episode's really good. Well, how about the episode where uh, Scott's Todd's, where Michael promises to fund a bunch of kids college education and then bails on them like (laughs) gosh this the show has so has more lows than it does highs people only just remember the highs um so yeah same with friends i mean we remember the lightning round or you know we remember um when they have the um when joey and rachel are together for a little bit we remember when they go to paris for ross's ross's wedding and he says rachel Yeah, like but there's just as many terrible episodes, like the whole Bruce Willick, Willis arc is just terrible, but I'll uh, I'll stop there, <laughs> so that's where I'll stop. <laughs> but okay, um, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence, like, his Friends a, a, a bad show? Like, eh, probably not, but um, if you've never seen it, I don't think you should start. I'll say that.
0: No, I, I definitely won't rewatch or revisit any of the episodes, I'll just watch it. Uh, it's always sunny, or I'll you know, I'll watch yeah. um, How I Met Your Mother, which is the, yeah. the better version. Of friends
1: anyways that's true that's true that's true um and a better finale too so um
2: who's that yeah perhaps oh. that's better
1: good i'm glad you didn't just quit the podcast there <laughs> the how i met your mother finale is very divisive and i'm on the side of it's brilliant but anyway <coughs> uh a coming attraction joe do you want to talk about in the heights or the hitman's wife's bodyguard first
0: um uh, we can start with in the heights first
1: yeah, let's do that. So, uh, In the Heights, this is a new uh, film coming out in uh, Friday. Friday, uh, This will be HBO Max and theaters um, together since this is a Warner project. This was postponed about a year for the COVID pandemic. Um, synopsis for this is the scent of Cafecito Caliente hangs in the air. hope I said that right. Hangs in the air just outside the 181st Street subway stop. The likable magnetic bodega owner... Uznavi saves every penny from his daily grind as he hopes, imagines, and sings about a better life. Um, This is probably most known for This Was a Stage Play, um, written and starring Lin-Manuel Miranda, although Lin has a small role in this. um, And uh, also, it should be noted that um, uh, I'm totally going to butcher this name, but Chiara Alegria Hudes Hudes, um, also um, had a part in the screenplay as well as the book, um, and the, the, the stage play, sorry. And she did the screenplay. Um, so original people, uh, it's directed by John M Chu. Um, so it's not directed by Lin Manuel, but he does play a minor role and takes a backseat for Anthony Ramos to, um, to lead this film. Um, so that's the, the reason why you might've heard of this and why people have been talking about this movie for a long time. But Joe, what do you think? Uh, uh, you know, this is going to be a theatrical movie. It's also going to be HBO Max, like we said. But uh, where are you on the scale? Like it or not Opening weekend, uh, wait for a discount night, wait to rent it at home, wait till it's on the streaming service you already pay for. It. You're just not interested in seeing this movie?
0: Um, I think it's a, like, overall an overall opening weekend movie. But I mean, mm-hmm. I'll be watching on HBO Max from the comfort of my home. Uh, okay. But watching it as soon as it drops. Um, my wife is super into musicals. Uh, she loves Hamilton. Uh, mm-hmm. I like Hamilton a lot too. I appreciate it. And I really loved... Uh, I've only seen Crazy Rich Asians one time, but I really enjoyed it, like, a lot. Okay. Um, so I know the direction is going to be stellar. I know we're going to get some beautiful-looking shots. I feel like he has a really good eye for cinematography as well, and directing that. Uh, sure. Yeah, and I like Lin-Manuel Miranda. I like all his work. Uh, I like what he did with um, uh, Moana and Hamilton, of course. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It looks really good. Um, I like something that kind of delves into somebody's their struggles and like the, the cultural kind of aspects of, of people's lives. So it, it looks, it looks really good. It looks really interesting. Uh, yeah. It just looks like a good time.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm right there with you in the opening weekend. I probably will go see this in theaters, um, even though I do have HBO max and am I'm not going to get rid of that anytime soon. Uh, but I feel like for most of these movies that I'm really excited about that are coming on HBO max, I feel like I still want to go opening night and then I'll, uh, I'll use HBO max for rewatches in the third in the first 30 days. Uh, you know, same thing for like Suicide Squad, uh, and same thing with Godzilla versus Kong. And, uh, and then I didn't wind up really liking that movie. So I, uh, (laughs) um, you know, never, never did a rewatch of it. Um, or, but like, but those middling movies like Mortal Kombat, you know, that's a, that's a good stay at home for me. Um, but especially, I feel like this film is going to be really colorful and I, I have a QLED TV, which is great with colors, but it's just not going to be anything compared to the theater projector with the theater sound. I have a fine home setup, but, um. I, I i'm gonna venture out to theaters to see this um uh, because i've been back to the theaters and my area is pretty safe and me and my wife are vaccinated so um
0: I, it looks like a good theater movie like it looks like yeah the reason why you go to the theater for like a big production and like like you said it looks beautiful like the colors just look really rich
1: yeah and i haven't seen crazy rich asians um but i know that it has a really good rep- reputation and uh uh john m chu also uh you know we can't forget directed the well he directed a lot of stuff that you look at imdb it's just like you know the justin bieber never say never movie and a bunch of stuff that just gets panned but he also directed a film that i think is severely underrated and that's gi joe retaliation so <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know how that uh how that translates to in the heights but um yeah i i, I think he's an interesting choice and uh obviously he's picked for the crazy rich asians but um that that being the big part of his resume and the fact that he was a, was a music video director, which is why he got gigs like Justin Bieber, never say never and step yeah. up 3d and all that. So, uh, I think he's a great pick for director and I'm happy that Lin Manuel is involved in Anthony Ramos being the star, the original, um, Philip and who, which character was he in the first act of Hamilton? Um, he's, he's one of the, uh, he's one of the, one of Hamilton's friends. Um, I don't know if I recall off the top of my head. He's cause he's not Lafayette. He's, uh, Oh, I can't remember the other two guys' names. Well, um, two, I, we go. Lawrence played Lawrence.
2: Okay.
1: Um, Corey Hawkins, uh, in here, he, uh, was from straight out of Compton playing Dre and was also in Kong Skull Island, black campsman, iron man, three, lots of good stuff. Always like seeing me some Corey Hawkins. Um, yeah,
0: he's a great actor.
1: Stephanie Beatrice Rosa from Brooklyn nine, nine. That's a, that's a big, big plus for me. Um, Lots of lot, lots of talent here. Uh, lots of people that you haven't necessarily seen before either. Um, Dasha Polanco from uh, Orange is the New Black. Um, Jimmy Smits from Sons of Anarchy and Brooklyn Nine Nine. Some of that stuff. Like lots of crazy talented people here. And just in general, it looks like the side characters are going to be excellent too. There's there's really nothing I'm not looking forward to about this movie. I mean, you got Lin Manuel on the soundtrack, and you got uh, competent, capable leading. Um, actors and actresses on the screen. I just, I think this is going to be a delightful film.
0: It looks like a winning combination of like everything you would want from each one of these respective people in their in their fields. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. going to look visually amazing because you haven't seen *Crazy Rich Asians*, but if you you've seen the trailer, you're like, wow, these shots just look amazing. Like everything's framed perfectly, and with this music video background, like that's just a given. Yeah. And then Lin Manuel is going to add that that heart to it that you're going to want to see from any type of musical or like drama. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, I honestly can't tell you the last time I was this excited about a musical. Um uh, I haven't seen the stage play, um but I'm really excited based off of Hamilton uh Manuel's work in um Moana and Hamilton. Um you know, and Hamilton since it was just a recording of the original cast, it was hard to get super super excited about that, although I'm happy I have it. Um but like, you know, I don't recall being excited to see La La Land and that wound up being just a treat. Um I don't super recall being terribly excited to see the 2012 Lady Miserables, and I I really like it. I definitely was not excited for Greatest Showman. Um, you know, there's. Oh, I,
0: I really like Greatest Showman.
1: I love the soundtrack. <laughs> I think it's. I love the soundtrack. I think it's a terrible movie though. Um, so. Um,
0: yeah, I think it, definitely the soundtrack really is really catchy and really good. The movie is kind of whatever. It's kind of a fluff piece.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's, <laughs> it, it, it's a great string of music videos, and that's about it. Um, so it's kind of um, the
0: opposite way I feel about La La Land. Like I think La La Land a great movie, but I just don't like the musical portions.
1: Well, but, which is interesting because greatest showman and La La Land are written by the same people. <laughs> At it's least for weird. Music. Yeah. Um, who, and those people also did Dear Evan Hansen, who's coming out with this, but like, I'm more excited about this than I am Dear Evan Hansen. Um, partly because I think that, uh, well, Hey, this is new to me. Uh, and I, but I love Dear Evan Hansen, but also like Ben Platt is now like almost 30 playing a high schooler. Like, you know, <laughs> Um, and I'm wondering how much are they going to make, you know, musical versus drama. And I hope they don't cut any songs. Anyway, lots of, lots of things uh, going on with that. But I, I can't remember being this excited about a musical um, in a long time, like a long time. So um, that's, I've also gotten more into theater since I met my wife, because my wife, because she um, is a big, she grew up going to the theater. So um, getting lots of exposure to lots of different things. Um, I'm I'm super excited for this. I think it's going to pay off. I don't I don't see any way this movie isn't great. Yeah, I
0: I feel the same exact way.
1: I I could see this movie being not your cup of tea. Like not you specifically, but like if you don't like musicals or if you don't like bright and colorful things or if you don't for some reason like Hamilton, um, you know, I I guess there's a chance that this could not be for you. But I think this is uh um uh, gonna be pretty much a hit for everybody so
0: yeah i think it will be objectively good like you said like people could still be like i respect that but it's just not my thing you know what i mean like
1: yeah yeah i feel i i, I understand that and uh so it's the reverse of la la land or uh, uh greatest showman um i don't see how anybody could objectively think that's a good movie but
0: <laughs> yeah the movie's um, kind of whatever but like the, the those songs are just amazing <laughs> i don't yeah. like the writing's really good
1: yeah for sure uh and there's so much I don't know about this. Um, that's hard for me to say anymore. But also, I I, I think it's okay. So, um, do you have any other thoughts before we move on?
0: No, I, I think I think we just about hit it. As far as like, this looks like a really a really great musical that's really worth going to the theaters to really get the full experience.
1: Yeah, cool. Then let's talk about the other movie coming out this uh, this week. This is a weird release uh, according to IMDb. It's coming out June 16th. Um, so like next Wednesday um which is weird i know infinite's also coming out on paramount plus on the 10th um so uh i th- that was another movie we could i consider doing but um that movie didn't get a trailer until like a week ago and uh and hitman's bodyguard's wife is coming out and i was like well i don't want to do a coming attraction releasing you know the podcast episode releasing the day the movie comes out so we'll talk about it now um joe have you seen the first hitman's bodyguard
0: uh, I did. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's it's not like the best movie in the world, but I think the cast really holds it together. Um, yeah. Those two riffing with each other is like hilarious. Um, so it, it really pulled me into the movie a lot. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed the first one. I think I think it's pretty it, good. It's not it great, was, but.
1: It was a surprise uh, because, <laughs> I mean, look, Ryan Reynolds, when's the last time he's really made a stinker? Yeah. Um, I can't, can't remember I can't... off
0: the top of my head. I mean, I, I like generally like any of the movies that he's in. So
1: <laughs> yeah. And I even think life is a pretty okay movie and that's Ryan Reynolds subdued. Um, but ever since he's kind of just really hit his stride and kind of embraced who he is and leaned into that, like an internet fell in love with him. Like he's, he's been on a roll. He's made a lot of amazing things. Um, so I actually
0: really enjoy life. I think it's one of the better alien esque clones, you, you know, in the genre.
1: It's the better Venom origin story than Venom. so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but more on that later. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I asked that because I, I, I think that your experience with the first one is really going to tell um, how excited you are about the second one, because this is just, this just looks like more of the same. Um, and I was yeah. pleasantly surprised <laughs> with the first one. Um, and so I I, I, I I'm not quite in an opening weekend, but I, I read to the first one at home. I, I feel like I'm, go to a theater to see it. This is just going to be theaters. Um, you know, if I have some time to kill, I'll go. I'm not necessarily going to rush to see it, but I will for sure watch it fairly soon. So that's, I'm going to go in for the sake of reading. I'm going to say like probably a low side of matinee. I'd be fine if I missed it in theaters, but I would like to see this sooner. Um, I think Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson have good chemistry and you throw Selma Hayek in the mix. And you know, that's a, it's a great person to have in the mix. <laughs> so, um, so where do you, where do you land on that scale?
0: yeah i had it at at rent at first but the more i think about it i i've only seen the movie the first one twice but i enjoyed it both times i watched it um so i I probably i'm in the same boat as you like a low side of matinee like um i I thought the premise originally was executed pretty well and those two really kind of went tit for tat for each other it was Mm -hmm. pretty hilarious um and there's not too many good comedies out there to be honest and even action comedies like they don't come very often um
1: yeah I mean, I, well there's a lot of them but there's a lot of bad ones you know but, but every now and then yeah.
0: huh yeah like you said there's a lot of bad comedies like there's not like a lot of really like standout like top tier well, right, but
1: well but every now and then you get a nice guys or kiss kiss bang bang or I'm trying to think of another non-shane black one the other guys like every now and then you get a surprise i,
0: I love pineapple express like stuff that's really off the cuff like that sure. too <laughs>
1: so. yeah yeah, yeah. Like every now and then you get one of these cop comedies that's pretty okay, but for the most part you get Let's Be Cops and
0: <laughs> Yeah, you, you, for every 21 or 22 Jump Street you get Let's Be Cops, so <laughs> Yeah, right, right.
1: Yeah, I'd say for every 122 21 Jump Street you get 6 Let's Be Cops, but
0: um Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Actually, that's more accurate.
1: But but the you know the, the first hitman's bodyguard was a surprise and you got the same people returning um yeah, but like I said you add Salma Hayek and I don't remember if Morgan Freeman was in the first one but he's here and uh, Antonio Salma Bandera's, was in the first
0: one she had a small cameo role and she was hilarious I think it's, that was her test bed to see how yeah how well she would jive with them and she was great um she, <laughs> I like how she was actually worse than Samuel L. Jackson's character as far as like being vulgar <laughs> and being ridiculous like that's perfect
1: yeah yeah and then uh, Antonio Banderas who's just having a lot of fun in his career at this point. I know he was just omni- nominated for an Oscar recently, uh, or at least his movie was, uh, I can't remember if he was that I think last year he was nominated for pain and glory. Um, so the 2020 Oscar 2020 Oscar ceremony, he was nominated, um, best supporting actor, best lead actor one of two, but he's having a lot of fun. You know, he's taken roles like he has an expendables three or you know, ever, ever since puss in boots, man, he's just like having a yeah. good time. And, uh, and An I'm actual here for reunion
0: day. too for him and Selma Hayek.
1: Yeah, and like, man, this Death is the like perfect role for him. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I, they
0: intentionally did that on purpose too. You know, they like look, to do that in comedies. where like, these two people have worked together on this other film, and it's kind of the same genre, so let's
1: like throw them together. I do love me some mariachi trilogy. So, uh, yeah, and then uh, and and your boy Frank Grillo coming in here too. So I saw uh, that, and I was like, yeah, I was like, he fits just just perfectly in this. Yeah. No, that's fair, and uh, yeah, like I said, same same people coming back. Um, my, my the only negative I could see is this just might be more of the same. And the Hitman's Bodyguards will, is a, is a totally fine movie, but um, I don't know that I necessarily needed a sequel for it. But you know, if it, if it winds up being good, I'll be happy that it's there.
0: Yeah, I, I thought the action was actually really well shot in the first movie too. Like, I think it was yeah. done, and, and the score was hilarious because it had that that '90s buddy cop feel, like on purpose like the yeah. saxophones, like the horns, like it's oh, ridiculous. It,
1: if the Hitman's <laughs> Bodyguard came out in the 90s, we would be praising it as the best, you know, the second coming of Die Hard. But well, um, Of course.
0: I mean, it's like, it's like The Weapon on steroids pretty much.
1: Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, uh, I, I actually haven't seen this. Um, it was one of the first few mo- uh, movies I rented on a 4K disc because um, I had just gotten an Xbox One X at the time. Um, and I, I picked up that and I picked up um Detroit, the same day I watched both of those those were those are good uh very different movies but v- both very good movies and uh um yeah i I, just, I I liked it so much I eventually wound up buying it when it was on sale and i i it's been the only time I've seen it so i I need to watch it and I'll watch it with my wife so we can go see this movie together.
0: I hope you watched them in reverse order, like watch Detroit first and then watch hitman's bodyguard. detroit's really heavy, <laughs> it really like I was like uh. This is a good movie. I think I'm done watching.
1: <laughs> actually, actually, I'm pretty sure. No, I'm pretty sure I picked up The Hitman's Bodyguard and Gemini Man the same day because um, they were both 4K discs. Um, and then when Gemini I came Man. back, I, I bought it <laughs> a. It, look, if you have a 4K player, it's worth watching the 4K disc. If not, there's no reason. If you have neither of those, it's there's no reason to watch it. But it's it, but the 4K disc is 60 frames a second, so it's really smooth, really, um, really unique to watch. Um but I think as I was returning the movies, I bought a used copy of Detroit. I think that's my connection. Um anyway. Um yeah, I I I need to watch the first one again and I, I think there's a good chance I'll go see this one too. So cool. Uh any other thoughts? Are you ready to talk about Spider Man?
0: Uh, I think I'm ready to talk about Spider Man. Um yeah, I mean I'll probably rewatch the first one like you said, and then go watch because I remember it being funny and entertaining and I like the action sequences it's definitely memorable but i can't remember like a single piece of dialogue or anything particular like a lot of jokes but
1: yeah i I can't remember much about it too which i think will make the first one rewatching a a good yeah it's always the best when you watch a comedy that you can't remember the jokes to you know like when you when you pick up like the other guys after you haven't seen it in five years or yeah you know (laughs) that's look that's part of the reason why i love the nice guys so much is because every time you watch it you pick up on a new joke and uh and, and and you always forget about it and you're like that's such a throwaway line. That's literally the funniest thing I've heard in ten years. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like I feel like picking up picking up the Hitman's Bodyguard. Um, watching it again this week will be will be a good time, and I'm excited. I, but yeah, I can't remember any standout jokes, or um, I just remember the plot twist that's supposed to be a twist that isn't the twist at all about how <laughs> Sam Jackson wind up killing the guy that wound up having the contract for the hit for the guy that ruined Ryan Reynolds career. Like we all knew that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we knew that. Yeah.
0: So but, uh, what was I going to say? Well, yeah. Cause like to, to relate to like you watch something and then like you catch up on jokes later. I, I, I knew J. Jonah Jameson was, was great in all these Spider-Man movies, but man, he's like, he's the best. Even in three, like I was just like, this guy's stealing the show. But, yeah. but anyways, we'll, we'll talk more about it, but yeah, yeah, well, yeah let's just, get, let's get a, into
1: that. He's then. great. <laughs> um, Let's see. Uh, let's see. Obviously, one for spoilers. We're going to be talking about Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3. The Toby, so, the Toby Maguire trilogy, the Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone duo, um, Venom, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Those are the ones we talked about. So, spoilers on all those movies up front. It's been long enough on all those that I don't feel bad about spoiling any of them. Uh, we'll talk about them in chronological release order. So, we'll go uh, the Toby Maguire trilogy, Garfield duo, venom and then spider-verse uh so we'll talk about them chronological order at the end we we can uh um have some conversations such as like what are some comic book villains or characters or arcs that you would like to see in the future um be adapted as opposed to the same story being told two or three times um (laughs) and and who is the best portrayal of peter parker uh we can we can talk about that stuff at the end but um let's uh let's dive into it uh with the original spider man the two thousand and I think one release uh maybe two uh, thousand two okay so I just two. i remember there being a promotional material where he was supposed to catch a helicopter between the twin towers and then you can still find it on the internet but because uh, it's the internet but sony made made sure to to pull it down pretty quickly after the nine eleven attacks attacks happened which like uh you know no no it was it was part of the well, there was a there was a poster that had that, but there was also the original mm-hmm. trailer, um, had a, remember scene that ri- had that. Scene remember the original trailer too. It's awesome. You can find it on YouTube pretty easily. It restored. It's awesome. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I get, I get why it was, it was a, it was a timely move that they made. And it was like, it was it's the right choice. It yeah, was the right, the right choice.
1: choice. Um, and, and I don't, you know, and I think looking at it in hindsight, like it's fine. Um, you know, it's, he saves the day. Um, so it's not like, yeah, anyway, um uh, yeah uh toby mcguire kirsten dunst Willem defoe james franco um uh, were 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 these people known at the time like i don't i don't know that kirsten dunst was and i definitely don't think james franco was but like was toby mcguire and obviously Willem defoe was was toby mcguire a known person before this movie
0: uh i mean i think he was like more or less a child actor right like he was in a lot of kind know, of dude like, looks uh, like he's 30 <laughs> yeah but like he was friends with Leonardo DiCaprio and kind of traveled in those circles. So, um, I think he had roles here and there, but like, uh, I can't name anything before Spider-Man that really kind of catapulted him to like the stratosphere being like, you know, a near a list or a lister at that point. Um, yeah, but that, this film definitely did that for him.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then he kind of disappeared off the face of the (laughs) earth.
0: So, well, I heard he's kind of a curmudgeon from, from, uh, from what people have said about him.
1: Right. Yeah, well, and it's it's widely theorized that the Michael Sarah character in Molly's game is Tobey Maguire. Widely theorized, I want to make sure I clarify that. <laughs> um, it's all but confirmed. Um, yeah, I mean, lots of stuff coming out. Looks like Pleasantville, I've heard that one talked about. He's in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, although it says Hitchhiker, so my guess is probably not a big role. He was yeah. in Pleasantville first, right? He was in Pleasant- Pleasantville first. That's a film I've heard of, been- but I haven't seen yet.
0: I think that was a stepping stone for him for sure. Like that film got a lot of notoriety.
1: Well, and then he was cast as Spider-Man and I'm sure that was a marketing strategy to, you know, cause then he gets Seabiscuit, which is a pretty right. decently regarded movie. And then, yeah, then his career just kind of goes places. Well, I guess not really. Um, I mean, he's, he's the lead in the great Gatsby movie, but that's, you know, 2007 to do like a while afterwards. Um, right. and like that, that, that's it. And you, yeah. You know, and then you got, uh, the Good German, which was pretty under, uh, over-hyped, I guess. I don't like it. Like, whatever. People didn't really like it. But, yeah, now I'm looking back. Like, dude's not had a as good of a career as I thought. But, anyway. Um, uh, but, yeah. Uh, and J.K. And, uh, Simmons was... Uh, it's
0: because we have Jake Gyllenhaal. You we don't, we don't really need Tobey Maguire. You got Jake Gyllenhaal.
1: Yeah, cause Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal is better at literally everything than... Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What do you think about this movie? Do you like it or hate it or think it's just okay? Uh,
0: if you would ask me when I first saw it, I've been like, this is the most amazing movie I've ever seen.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of
0: revolutionized the comic book movie as we see it today. Um, yeah, I mean, but, it was
1: that one-two punch of X-Men and Spider-Man. But yeah, for sure. Um, right. it, it definitely like, had a big influence.
0: had a huge influence. Um, but like nowadays, like recently watching it, I think I watched it like a year ago. Uh, I think it's okay. Uh, I think it's fine. Um, it has very... A very solid performance by Toby Maguire. I think he's good in it. Um, I think J.K. Simmons is probably the best part about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, great score by Danny Elfman.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, direction is 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 pretty well done by. Um, uh, Raimi. Sam Raimi. Raimi. Uh Sam Raimi's you know great, um, mm-hmm. and Willem Dafoe is just chewing up scenery in this movie. He's fantastic. Yeah, uh, that's what you want from a comic book villain. Um, yep. But other than that, I mean. I I think Mary Jane Watson is not a really well written character. Uh, I no. think they could have pulled from the source material a little better. Um, I think that James Franco was miscast as Harry. Mm. I don't I don't think is, his performance in any of the movies is really that good.
1: Is is that <laughs> is that based off of just not thinking he's good or because he's nothing like the character in the comics? Because I'm not I think he's a, I'm I think
0: not think he's incredibly, incredibly Like familiar. the comic okay. character, because um, because Harry is kind of a whiner. Kind of he's kind sure. of pathetic. But I, I feel like there could have been a better person to fill that role.
1: Sure. Uh, I mean, there's probably. always better people that could fill the role, um, except for J.K. Simmons as Jonah Jameson.
0: Yeah, he's perfect. He was so perfect they brought him back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, but, uh, I mean, overall, uh, one of the things that really stands out to me is like I feel like they nailed the whole like uh, the reason for uh, Peter like trying to get money because he's trying to get a car. He's trying to you know impress Mary Mary Jane. And he has this awesome sequence with none other than the Macho Man Randy Savage, which is my oh, favorite yeah. professional wrestler of all time. And That sequence really? okay. is worth admission alone. Like that, that <laughs> sequence is hilarious. It's well done. The fight's is it, really it, cool looking. Where he plays Bone Saw. Bone Saw, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That's the thing that really stands out to me. Um, it's and cool also, surprise, Octavia Spencer playing yeah. the admissions um, admissions person at the wrestling, or she was the person that got him signed, hooked up with fighting. It's just like, oh, that's just, you know, an A-list actor from 20 years ago.
0: I just totally forgot about that. Yeah, she's in it. Uh, Elizabeth Banks is in it. Joe yep. Magnello. Like, these people... And Joe yeah, Magnello looks like he's 45
1: in this yeah, movie. Yeah, he's <laughs> the biggest high schooler I've ever seen in my life.
0: Uh, it looks like he ate the original Flash Thompson.
1: Like He, he, <laughs> looks, he looks like he was teleported from now, and they just you know, gave him a clean shave.
0: <laughs> yeah. Basically like gave him a haircut, but other than that, he looks, yeah, he looks grown.
1: Like, yeah. I don't know how else to say it, but
0: it, 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 I mean, to be fair, Peter looks like he's 30 and he is 30. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's one of the things that the movie definitely <laughs> got wrong. And look, when you're X-Men, it doesn't matter what, what age you cast people because it doesn't matter whether or not Wolverine is old or young or whatever, it's, you know, but right. when Spider-Man look and, and they could have just as easily made peter parker a recent college grad you know a, to match more close in age but they wanted to stick with the comics where he's a high schooler and like he just doesn't pass it and it, people cared a lot less 20 years ago but it, you can't not notice it um and especially with the joe Magnello character yeah he just is <laughs> uh yeah dude dude looks like he's 45 and uh um Maybe he
0: failed like 10 years in a row. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe he just kept failing high school. I mean, look, the way He's they Flash wrote Thompson. that character,
1: that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be, you know, with the new Flash Thompson is smart, but yeah, with the way they wrote that original one, you know, he might've, he might've failed 10 times, but. Uh, I'm a big
0: fan of the recap, like the way they, they kind of like changed the role in uh, the, the new Spider-Man movies. Like, I think that's a, yeah, it's a, lot like, of fun. a good guess. Yeah. Yeah. He like psychologically messes with Peter instead of being physically intimidating, which is cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I think I'm going to land right right with you as well too. Uh, If you had asked me when it came out, I said I love this movie. Uh, When it came out, I was seven. Um, And (laughs) I look, I think this is a totally fine kids movie if you know, presuming that the kid can handle intense action sequences. Um, Which I didn't really have a filter growing up, Um, so uh, I watched what I wanted. And uh, (laughs) and and so like with that caveat, um, but I think this movie is perfect for like the younger you get. with being able to stand the violence, the better this movie is. Cause you don't think about um, lots of, you know, lots of the other things. Like when I was seven years old, I didn't notice that Tobey Maguire looked like a 30 year old because my older siblings in high school looked like 30 year olds. So, um, <laughs> you know, you don't notice that kind of stuff or you don't notice that the truly terrible CGI in this movie. Um, and you it's don't, <laughs> yeah, you don't notice how Willem Dafoe is great in chewing it up in the role, but really feels like he's in a different movie. Um and it's almost like he thought oh we're going for a vibe like Batman forever and then shows up on set is like <laughs> not quite okay well I've already planned for Batman forever so I want to do that um you know uh, I love the I love the the uniforms there's lots to love about this movie but yeah, I'm I'm with you I'm on the high side of this movie's just okay um it has not aged terribly well um and it there's nothing necessarily like awful about this movie um but there's this is a perfect example of the first week of every month when we do the nostalgia ones. Um, because this is a movie that I have so much nostalgia for and will continue to watch. But I picked up the three pack of the original trilogy on Blu-ray and I wind up selling it because I'm like, I don't see myself watching these very often. And I already have like <laughs> own them digitally. So it's like, if I really want to watch them, I can, um, but like not often enough. And they're just taking up too much space on my shelf. Um, Cause they just don't hold up as well. So um, I totally agree with you about Chris, Kirsten Dunst. Um, her character is literally just, oh, Mary Jane, Mary Jane gets in trouble. Or Mary Jane does cute, normal girl something. And that's it. Um, and Kirsten Dunst is totally fine in the role. But the way her character is written, not just in this movie, but in the whole trilogy, is... Um,
0: it's insufferable.
1: It's it's one-dimensional. <laughs> yeah. uh, again, Kirsten Dunst is fine. Um, I think she's ideal, like Mary Jane, like looking the part, um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, her, her, she's written as such a one dimensional character. You're right. It's, in, it's insufferable. Um,
0: yeah. It's just frustrating. Cause like they could have done so much and they just, you know, n- nowadays, you know, they, they write female characters far better. There, there's more dimension to them, mm-hmm. but yeah, this is definitely like a remedy at that time where you're the damsel in distress and like, Oh, woe is me and not having your yep. own agency. So
1: Yep. Yeah, it feels like it feels like he has to save her like five or six times in this movie. And I get, look, Peter Parker is constantly saving Mary Jane. I Get it? But um, yeah, it she was she's always been a shallow character, and um,
0: she's definitely no Gwen Stacy. We'll we'll get to that though.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just thought of a joke <laughs> that I don't think I want to say on on. on <laughs> Here, I'll make a note and I'll edit it out. <laughs> um, her character is about as sheer as her top.
0: <laughs> oh, jeez! Yeah, They—that is—it's really—it's really crazy. Like, I was like, "Can somebody put some put a bra on this woman?" Right? Like, what what is going on
1: here? You know, I'm gonna keep that in. I'm okay with it because <laughs> no, cause we should talk no, about they,
0: it. No, it's it's yeah, it's it's not our problem. It's their Why would they put that in the movie? Like, they're they're honestly just trying to to put butts in seats any way they can. But yeah. I, it, it doesn't do any service to the character. Like it does no, a it, great disservice to her character overall. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, it's a really distracting scene. Um, uh, and like for what should be a fairly tender scene. Um, and it just comes off as sleazy. I don't, I, I don't want to call Sam Raimi sleazy or, um, Toby McGuire, Kristen Dunst sleazy or anything like that necessarily by this choice. It just hasn't aged well. That's all it is. In 2021 eyes, it looks sleazy. Yeah. Um, so, it comes off bad. Yeah, it's just so it's just kind of like Friends. Like I'm not going to fault him. It just didn't age well. And yeah. look, 20 years from now, the rest of these movies won't have aged well either. Um, probably, right? Um, we'll see. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I don't mind Tobey Franco. Uh, I think his performance is the best here out of any of the three movies. Um, so um, I, I'm just not familiar with the comics very much or the original cartoons. So I don't I don't really know my my whole Spider Man experience is through the movies and the video games from like uh, the non movie tie in video games, so Shattered Dimensions and Spider Man PS4. Um, I haven't played Miles Morales because I don't have a PS PlayStation. Um, uh, but, like that's that's my experiences. The games and um, the the movies. So um, and I watched probably a season of Spectacular Spider Man. So um, so that's what I've got to work on here. So I think I think he's fine. Um, certainly could have cast worst and his. His role just gets written worse as we go on, but um,
0: yeah, it, it just could, it could be a product of, of the writing choices down the line and like where his character leads to that that, that leads me to that conclusion as well. That when I think about it, yeah, the yeah. writing sometimes just all over the place. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, if movies a little long, um, it's a little complicated sometimes um, for for what it's trying to actually do. Like, I feel like this is a simple story that tries to take a complex route to get there. Um, I'm going to mention the bad CGI again, because I have to. Um, that shot where he uses the, the the Green Goblin, uses the ball to turn everybody into skeletons, is... <laughs> it's so bad. It, 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 you, look, I get this is 2002, but this movie had Was, a big budget.
0: It wasn't good in 2002, either. Like, no, if it, it wasn't, a kid right. For a teenager, would be like, what is that?
1: Look, I'm just saying, if Jurassic Park could pull off what it did almost ten years earlier, certainly, like well, five years earlier, certainly. But still, um, that, that movie still better. holds up, though. Like Spider- Jurassic Park is one of the best <laughs> yeah. looking movies I've ever seen. Still, um, so yeah, um, they don't have any excuses. Um, yeah, they they don't. Other than they must have just spent too much money elsewhere, which then 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 substitute your seat c- your bad CGI for practical effects. How about that? Um,
0: I think uh, I think we would do a great disservice to this film if we didn't mention the great Chad Kruger and uh, his uh, his epic song. <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> this song man. is played everywhere. Yeah, like I can't fault him, man. I <laughs> look and all right, let's let's tear the band-aid off. I think Nickelback has some okay songs. Um, you know, like sure, I understand why people think they're crap, and a lot of their songs are. Um, and but like, especially some of the early stuff, like. You know, look, let's also remember that Daredevil released within a year of this, and use you know that Evanescence song um, as a big part of that movie. Look, that's all. That's a great song, but Evanescence has done nothing aside from two songs. Um, so some of their stuff is just as cringeworthy <laughs> as Nickelback. But anyway, um, yeah, I like. I, I kind of like that song. It's okay. <laughs> so it, it, I think it fit the movie. It, yeah, a product of its time. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the definition of this movie. Um, and and the Uncle Ben stuff is really good here. Um it doesn't feel I, I rushed. I love Uncle
0: Ben. That that's actually on my positives. I actually it, like Uncle Ben. It
1: doesn't feel rushed, doesn't feel forced. Uh, you know, and it doesn't feel uh like it feels totally perfect until Spider-Man 3 comes along and ruins everything. Uh, but Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so but uh I think I think that's totally fine. The wrestling stuff is really cool. Of course, uh, Bruce Campbell. cameo is cool. Um, oh yeah. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah. And look, we, we got to talk about this too. Uh, how do you feel about Spider-Man being able to shoot webs from his veins as opposed uh, to the web organic shooters? webbing?
0: Um, I'm not a fan of it because like, that's part of the dilemma of Spider-Man. Like he only carries X amount of cartridges with him, And that's like a big thing in the, the cartoon and yeah. the comics. Sometimes he runs out of webbing and it's like, he's got to think on the fly combat wise. Like, what do I do to commit, you know, combat this?
1: Well, and it's uh, just
0: weird, and it's gross and weird too. Like, and it makes
1: no biological sense, <laughs> no. right? Like, which sure, half of comic book movies make no biological sense. We'll get there when we talk about Sandman. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 weird. I wish um, I wish they would have done cartridges instead. Um, Plus, it makes say,
0: peter more intelligent too that he actually constructed this thing that's nearly indestructible you know what i mean like it shows sure. more of the science aspects of and the intelligence that peter has to exclude yeah. that was just weird to me like
1: yeah look and i, I feel like this movie also kind of dug itself some holes because they by giving him that they had to work it into spider-man 2 where he just loses his ability whereas opposed to like you know in the in the amazing spider-man spider-man um uh, tom holland versions um like because he has the shooters like if the shooters get destroyed in combat or are malfunctioning like or you know have gotten taken away from him like he has to be creative and think on the fly they had to write it into spider-man 2 like oh um what if his abilities just stop because he's stressed out and and then in 3 it's like what if he just stops because he's emo now like i feel like he, <laughs> they kind of they kind of set themselves up poorly for the sequels by having them be non-shooters but um yeah, yeah I, I i don't think this movie's aged well at all um um and Jones jameson's the standout for sure um the wrestling the wrestling match is fun
0: yeah like those are the things i remember because like when i was watching it or when i was rewatching it too i was like jay jonas jameson was like laughing out loud the entire time i couldn't even yeah, remember yeah. <laughs> all this material was so good
1: He's perfect. He he is the definition of, like, feels like he was ripped right off the comic book page. And I don't know, you know, sometimes it just works out that way, right? We want to talk about two? Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about two. All right, I'm going to get some flack for this. Uh, I like this movie. I, I understand a lot of people consider this to be the best Spider-Man movie and maybe the best comic book movie of all time. Um, I think it's severely overrated. I, I don't get the hype for it.
0: Uh, I'm exactly in the same boat with you. I think it's... supremely overrated i like it i i think it has some really terrific scenes um like the raindrops fall on my head yeah still hits still works it's emotional it's melancholy but like happy at the same time it's a weird Uh scene but it's really well done Uh but like for every one of those you just get like uh, like robbing a bank and like
1: (laughs) yeah the bank bank sequence this the bank sequence is really
0: bad how Um, are you trading in those coins how do you, how are you trading those coins to get anything? Like, who's taking that tender? Like, are you paying Look, for your science projects?
1: Like, to me, the bank sequence is the most frustrating thing about this movie because when I last time I rewatched it, I was just like, none of this makes any sense. This is all happenstance, <laughs> and it all, you know, everything is convenience sake. Um, and of course, you know, Doc Ock would grab um Aunt May, and of course, she would manage to somehow survive being thrown off a super tall pit, like. because of an umbrella like there's everything about the bank sequence to me is just terrible um so um i also think you can nitpick a lot about this movie if you really want to i'm not going to uh, because that's not my job but um but there's so much you can nitpick like like a great example is doc Ock's wife gets killed by tons of glass like tearing through her body but then when you see her body being transported into a paramedic truck she just looks blue, like not cut up and bloody like you would you know, <laughs> like it should be, and this this movie's riddled with continuity errors and things and things like that and it this movie is definitely way too long um i think I think the it's reason really people long. consider this a great co- uh, great comic book movie is because Alfred Molina is incredible as doc, doc Ock. he's for he's, sure the bright spot of this movie
0: him and J Jonah Jameson like the two best parts of this movie uh, yeah. he's excellent as. As Doc Ock. Like, I can't, I can't say anything bad about his performance. Um, and I love the sequence when they're in the operating room. I was like, this is classic Sam Raimi right here. Like, mm-hmm. this is like evil dead level type of stuff, but like in a Spider-Man movie. And it works really well. It's horrifying. It Even today, I was like, like uh, my wife pointed out, she's like, there's no way to build able to claw on the ground like that. Be able uh, I was like, I don't care. It just looks amazing. Like, it <laughs> looks horrifying. Like, it yeah. looks, it, It's it's really well done.
1: Yeah. And like, he's sympathetic. You understand. But you also like you're able to like, this has the end all be all get out of jail free card, where the characters redeemed because there was something that was taking over his mind. And he he, he wasn't actually responsible for his actions. Like, sure, I guess. Um, I, I think this movie has a great villain. And the you know, even though the bank scene is just terrible. Um, and of course the Spider Man stopping a moving train and Peter's constipation face, um, you know, is is iconic. Um, I love the whole train sequence scene.
0: I think I think yeah. that I think the action, I think it's what really grabs people. The action in this is really well shot. Like it looks cool. Um, some of the CGI is still spotty. Yeah. But it but, looks cool though. It's but fun.
1: significant step up in uh yeah, in, in the quality. Yeah. 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 Um but you you have a uh, um, Mary Jane still being flat, one dimensional. You have Harry. Yep. Um, Harry's worse in this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I hate think,
0: when he I like, why like a little kid and pumps his arms.
1: This is my buddy. What are you doing?
0: <laughs> Shut it down. I'm like, yeah. he sounds like a five year old kid.
1: He's, he's written worse. And I think because he's written worse, I think Franco's performance is worse. Um, yeah. And I, again, I think he wrote himself into, they wrote themselves into a corner by saying, since his web, since there's, we have to have conflict. Spider Man can't be doing Spider Man stuff. So how do we do that? Let's just say he's stressed out, and so we're going to do the the thing. Also, the Mary Jane dating another guy and then going to you know marry that other guy and Peter now stumbling upon like she again just a flat straight stereotype for her all the way through. Kristen Dunst is still fine in the role. Um, she's not the problem. The, the screenplay doesn't doesn't is the problem. Any, doesn't yeah. do any service at all. Yeah, Mary Jane could do, not be in this whole trilogy, and nothing would change.
0: I do think Toby McGuire is really good in this movie. I feel like emotionally, he's really good. at Like he's good at being sad. Like
1: <laughs> I, I feel it. He is for sure better. Um, and I feel like since the movie isn't tied down to being in high school, um, it's right. less distracting. It's more uh, he's believable. He still looks. He still looks older than he should be. But uh, uh, but you know, again, a couple year difference is fine. And when you're talking college, um, you know a I've seen thirty-year-olds that are eighteen, so um, <laughs> like in real yeah. life, like that. You know, <laughs> that depends on facial hair and and <laughs> lots of other factors. But um, yeah, um, I, I I think this movie is totally fine. But to say it's the best comic book movie of all time is absurd. To say it's the best Spider-Man movie is wrong, but I get it. Um, and again, importance in comic book history, how we get to comic books movies being to the quality that they are today. Absolutely, this movie is essential. So
0: yeah, it's definitely a stepping stone to greater things, which is good. Yeah,
1: you know what movie is completely unessential? Which one? Spider-Man Three. I hate this movie. I hate it. <laughs> Actually, I hold think on. It's terrible. Hold on. I don't hate this movie. I don't like this movie. Um, I I think it's um. I think it's probably Why a little better it. than people get it credit for, uh, but it's not saying much because this movie's just been crapped on since 2007. And uh, the, I've I've seen worse movies. Um, I've not seen worse Spider-Man movies, but I've seen worse movies.
0: It just it just hurts because like the second movie, like I remember watching the second movie and I was really ecstatic about it. Like I loved it more than the first movie when I first saw Spider-Man Two. So mm-hmm. going from Spider-Man Two to Spider-Man Three, it, like you could definitely feel like it's a steep drop in quality after the first 20 minutes, first 20 yeah. minutes of the movie. Uh yeah. the first 20 minutes is like you're like, I'm locked in. This is more of the same. I kinda like this. But as soon as Harry knocks his head and has amnesia, I think it's where the whole movie goes downhill.
1: Yeah, you can tell that Raimi had look, and here's the biggest problem in the movie. You could tell Raimi had a plan of where he wanted to go. Right. And you can tell that Sony said, Yeah, throw venom in there. He's like, Well, I don't wanna to want to throw venom in there just yet. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but do it. And then uh, you know, and, and he wanted to tell Harry as the Green Goblin story with Probably Sandman, you know, and like, that's the story he wanted to tell. And they're like, yeah, we'll throw Venom in there. Okay, also throw Gwen Stacy in there. It's like, but I don't want to. And, 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 and have a wedding. It's like, <laughs> it's you can so just complex. tell. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> think Sam Raimi's heart is in this movie at all. And that's no. the worst part about this movie. It's not fun. It's totally very different from the other two. I think he just decided to take it as a parody. Um, that being said, I would love to see Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 4 with Malkovich as the vulture, like he intended. I think it would have been awesome, but um, I think he could
0: have pulled it off. I think
1: it would have been amazing, but uh, but yeah, you could just tell Sam Raimi's heart is not in this movie because of studio interference. Yeah, this is this is the first big example of studio interference for a comic book movie, right? To
0: to me, it's like when I think about studio interference, this is like initially the first thing I think about as far as big budget movies go. Like,
1: yeah, I mean, like this has to be like one of the best examples, but like you know, I mean. It's it's really hard to say that it was studio interference was the problem with movies, comic movies before this. I mean, sure, there's the whole Burton Schumacher thing, uh, but like the studio didn't super meddle with it. They just hired a totally, completely different. You can't say studio interference is the problem with any of the Batman movies. You know, it's it's complete lack of direction and terrible screenplays and uh, kind you know, of asked for. <laughs> yes yeah um so this th- i mean this is the first big example i can think of and of course you know later down the line we get um yeah if ant-man um and uh, uh Man can be counted uh avengers age of ultron um for sure suffers yeah. from studio interference justice league um, of course famously yeah famously yeah. justice league um uh um the half of the x-men movies
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah
1: that's yeah. fair so, uh, but this is to me the biggest and first example. Maybe it's because this is the first; like, it's so obvious. Sam Raimi doesn't care about this movie, uh, and because he doesn't care about this movie, I don't care about this movie. Tough for Grace is a terrible Eddie Brock. Um, the, the, the way the way that this Venom is is terrible. Um, I think the suit design is really cool though. Um, Gwen Stacy is totally a nothing um, thing. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard is fine. Um, but again we got a pretty shallow female character her whole job is to be seduce- seductive to pull Peter away from MJ
0: yeah just um, to be the other
1: girl Like, yeah to be the other girl Yeah, right. which attention is not away. Gwen Stacy So
0: no that's not what she does and it, I, the one scene that's super frustrating I'm like Peter you know that your fiance is out there she's right there you know she's out there and you're just gonna kiss this girl right in front of her I don't care for Spider-Man I don't care for Peter Parker that time that's still wrong to do yeah, and I just don't think that something that'd be something that Peter would do. But
1: no, and Peter's had multiple with the love that... interests
0: in the past, but
1: yeah, well, in that circumstance, it
0: just didn't feel believable.
1: Like, especially in the way that he that, that is set up so far. So yeah, it's um, a forced
0: conflict, and I hate forced conflict in movies. Like it's really irritating.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everybody in this movie deserves better. Um, let's see. Uh, the, the other thing too. Again. Um, Fiddling with Uncle Ben's death to make it actually Sandman killing him instead of whatever his face is.
0: Um, Randomly (laughs) chairman.
1: Yeah, right. Like, what? Leave the past alone. Like, we were all happy with Ben's story. You've ruined it. Um, Yo, or, gosh, yeah. And yeah, the amnesia stuff. Is always the it's it's the most conveniently timed because like they get in the fight and then he conveniently remembers just right after his dad (laughs) dies it's just like and then all of a sudden it's going to happen of course with the big venom climax fight you know there's there's not much to like about this movie but i think it is better than people say because people say this is one of the worst movies of all time and one of the worst comic book movies of all time it's like look this ain't my opinion this ain't Batman returns bad i think Batman returns is atrocious this ain't Batman uh, and Robin bad um this ain't uh i love
0: i love Batman returns uh, <laughs> it's not a good batman movie but it's a good i think it's solid movie.
1: uh this isn't uh you know we're going to talk about it at some point and i'm talking solely out of reputation here but this isn't Superman 4 bad
0: um no definitely not
1: you know um I, I, again based off of reputation here but this isn't the michael b jordan fantastic four movie bad you know so it, it's close it's, it's, it's not close that. good at all <laughs> it's not i'm just not in the hate it camp i'm in the dislike it camp uh, yeah I pretty firmly the disliked it. It. yeah
0: like the the hairy stuff with the amnesia the horrible montages with peter mm-hmm. being emo spider-man which is really yeah, weird but we
1: do get that gif of him you know walking down the street and snapping his fingers <laughs>
0: It is true, and I, I love the way – I mean, we're going to talk about it later, but the way they parried it in uh, Spider-Verse is great. Uh, yeah. So it kind of makes up for that, but I, I just th- – that's just not how the symbiote took over and made Peter adjust in the comic books. He was just more of a jerk. Like, he was overbearing. He was a bully, and to me, that's more indicative of what that would do to you. Look what it did to Eddie Brock. You know what I mean? It just made him worse, you know? Not Man, like when a, are, a goofy when are we guy get,
2: <laughs>
1: dancing around. When are we going to get a truly amazing Venom movie?
0: <laughs> uh, I wouldn't hold your breath. I'm just. <laughs> all
1: right, hold on. Let, let me ask this question first. Again, as somebody who's pretty unfamiliar with the comics, is Venom a hard character to adapt? I don't think so, not at or, all. He's or it's just, or it's just They're getting the character. wrong people to uh, with with studio meddling.
0: They, they rewrite his origin. Like he's a really sympathetic character. You really feel bad for Eddie Brock. He's in a bad spot in life. Like he can't get the jobs that he wants to. He's suffering from depression. In the battle depression, he's lifting weights. You know what I mean? Building himself up physically, mm-hmm. like you just kind of feel bad for this guy. He just has a bad time in life. And like Peter just happens to be in his way in some capacity as far as like being a photographer. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like victim of circumstance. And like, he like wants to kill himself. And like the, the symbiote gets like drawn to him. It, it's kind of similar to the way that bell tolls in the, uh, in the actual film, but yeah. he's just a better character. He's just more fleshed out. And like, I just don't like the way they rewrote him in either versions of the live action adaptations.
1: Yeah, look, and, and we'll get there. But like, they've had, they've had two shots at Venom, and both times have been just <laughs> bad. bad. Yeah. But like, he's great in uh, I mean, look the best the best Spider-Man content um, out there. Period. Uh, that's not a comic. Is uh, is the PS4 game? It's it's incredible, um, and the characters are done well, and it's fun, it's exciting, all that. It's just there's Gosh, it can't be that hard to adapt Venom, right?
0: It's not. It's very anyway.
1: simple. Um, yeah, and look, we barely touched on Sandman. Um, this is—it's it, all ridiculous, uh, and it's all silly, and it's all stupid. And he's not threatening in this movie at all. Um, so um, yeah, I don't know. Most of this movie is just complete garbage. Um, but again, I—I I wouldn't. You know, I don't hate popping it on once every ten years, especially if you're watching it. Like, if you're watching the first two, like, sure, go ahead and watch the third one. But also, like. The first one's definitely not as good as you remember it, and the second one's a totally serviceable movie. Ready, yeah, th- uh, third
0: one, like uh, I need some whiskey. I need a couple of beers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cheers. So yeah, it's like I said. I I personally hate it for what it kind of did to Spider Man during that time. Uh, but
1: well, and you are far but, from I alone. Just, so I just
0: won't. I just won't watch it. It's, it's fine.
1: It's I'll <laughs> quit dwelling on it. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, well, let's talk about a different Spider-Man. We're finally done with Tobey Maguire. Let's talk about Andrew Garfield uh, and the amazing Spider-Man. Joe, I love this movie.
0: You're going to be disappointed then, how I feel about it. Okay. Uh, I dislike it. I don't hate it. Okay. Uh, I don't like all the stuff they add with uh, Peter's parents. Um, I mean, they do have portions of the comic book where you find out later that his parents were part of S.H.I.E.L.D. and you know they have a yeah. bigger role. Um, so that doesn't really work for me. I think it convolutes the story where it doesn't need to. Like, it makes it overly complicated for no reason.
1: Uh, I, 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 first of all I'm on the low side of love I'm not like firmly you're not going to disappoint me by saying you don't like it I know plenty of people that don't Um, but I do think this Amazing Spider-Man is the better movies than the original Raimi trilogy Um, even you know even I'll take Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 over the original Spider-Man 1 Spider-Man 2 Um, which we'll get to Amazing Spider-Man 2 I definitely think there's
0: an argument to be had there because I feel like the performances in, in these movies are far better Whereas like the problem with the movies is the script. The scripts yes. are like,
1: yeah. Um, as far as the whole, like uh, Peter's parents thing. Um, I don't think it's a problem until the second movie. Um, I think it's, it's kind of only hinted at and just touched at, And, and it's, it's, it, there's enough mystery there. You know, there's something going on, but you don't really know what, I, I think it's interesting and a layer of intrigue and they kind of rush the Ben storyline. But like, they knew if they would have spent as much time with the Uncle Ben storyline as they did in the Raimi version, like they were already copying so much about it because it's essential for Peter Parker's character for the Uncle Ben death, um, and it's essential uh, for um, for the whole Spider Man being bitten thing, um, you know. And it how you don't make a Spider Man origin movie with Craven. That would be hard. That would be really difficult. And like Green Lizard is different enough, but because they're like, oh, it's a green villain, it's the same villain, and because he works for Oscorp, and sleepers, it's like, kind of, not, not really. Like, there's enough difference that I'm that I'm willing to, uh, uh, to say that. Um, I love, I love the suit. I think the Amazing Spider-Man suit is better than McGuire suit, but again, I love McGuire suit. And in general, I love Andrew Garfield uh, and I love Emma Stone. I think both of them are perfect in the role.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Actually, that's like the one constant that I have for these movies. I think that. Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone are excellent. Like, their, their chemistry is, like, I mean, of course they dated, like, you know, during filming or, like, yeah. or after. But they had natural chemistry. Like, it, I was, like, boom. Like, think, ma- it was, like, magnetic, f- magnetic from, like, the first time you see those two characters interact. Like, it's perfect.
1: Yeah. I could be wrong, but I think they started dating either right before or during The Amazing Spider-Man. And then we're dating through the second and for a hot second after that.
0: I feel like it really shows. Like, there's a lot it's of a- emotional resonance between those two.
1: It's so much that it almost kind of broke my heart when I found out that they weren't together anymore. And look, I'm sure they have great reasons for that. And you know, Emma Stone's like on the tippy top of my bucket list for celebrity crushes. But it's like, yes, so so it's like even I'm mad that they're not together in real life. You know. (laughs) Um. Anyway.
0: Yeah, uh, I I love I love Andrew Garfield as a performer. Like I love Hacksaw Ridge. Um, Yeah, he's terrific in the movie. Like I was like. Mm -hmm. His accent's a little extra, and then when I when you watch the end of that movie and you see the actual the actual individual, you're like, oh man, he's so good in the troll. It's perfect.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, because like, yeah, because the actual <laughs> person of Desmond Dawes ha- talks like that. Actually, yeah. Uh, and I was like, you yeah.
0: captured Desmond Dawes so well. Like it was, he's, he's great in him. that
1: movie. He's great in Social Silence. Social Network. Social Silence. Network. He's terrific. I didn't
0: love Silence, but I loved him in it. Yeah, I love that's the, fair. It's just a little long.
1: Uh, it's a long movie. It, uh, it's a lot long, but yeah, <laughs> uh, it's 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 got a lot of technical achievements and the acting being part of that. Oh, All
0: yeah. right, um, him and Adam Driver are excellent in that movie. To, sorry to digress, but like, I just, yeah, 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 I want to talk a little bit of, about Andrew Garfield and Emma Which, Stone yeah. is like no slouch either. Like she's terrific in every everything she's in.
1: Like, yeah, I, I honestly don't know that I've ever seen a time where I'm just like. I, I didn't really like her very much. I haven't seen her whole filmography of course, but man, when your filmography is zombie land and easy a and you know, the amazing Spider-Man and La and you're, La you're Land Superbad and, and you're still memorable
0: Superman. in that movie and you're barely in it.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. And like, yeah, I think Superman was my super was my first exposure to her. Uh, yeah, me too. I, Cause I think that's where everybody got exposed to her. And then, I fell in love with her and then Zombieland, you know, that combo back to back is like, that's my dream girl right there. Um, besides my wife.
0: She's but, so good at Zombieland. Yeah. She's really good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah so the, um, th- the only complaint you could make, well, two complaints about them. Uh, they're still a little older than high schooler, but they, they look college age because um, they are college age, uh, but they're still high They look high more schoolers. youthful though.
0: You know what I mean? They like
1: do significantly yeah. more. They're
0: pretty people, so it, it's it helps a lot. You know, they're very they're very attractive people.
1: Um, yeah, but but like they didn't look like thirty year olds going to high school. They looked like no. college age people going to high school, and they didn't look Joe Magnello with the shave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, and they also like didn't necessarily, um, they didn't necessarily feel um, uh, like uh, um, necessarily nerdy, uh, more like geeky or hipstery uh, for the Andrew Garfield. Um, I buy it a little bit less that he would be able to develop all the tech. Um, uh, but, um, I, I get, they had to make him different, um, from the Tobey Maguire version. And I remember that being everybody's biggest complaint was this was the same movie. And I'm like there's enough different. And- there's, there's enough different.
0: Like I think my problem with Peter is he's, he's too cool. I put that on my notes. He's too cool and attractive yeah. for me to believe that he's Peter Parker. He's a fantastic Spider-Man. He's got the quips. Yeah. No, his quips are the best. Like oh no no the smallest knife you know that that's funny like that cracks me up
1: well and that's what when we get when we get to talking about who's the best Spider-Man um, this this is my favorite Spider-Man uh, Andrew Garfield but he's not my favorite Peter Parker so because um, they're very different but I I I think he's a great Spider-Man I love the suit um, so much I love the
0: suit too especially the suit two is really good
1: yeah the suit two is for sure better uh, the white eyes over the black eyes for sure. Um,
0: Got the top McFarland type of uh, eyes going, like the whole world.
1: yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, although the suit, again, in the PS4 version is the best looking version of the suit. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, gosh. Um, the 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 Captain Stacy stuff gets to be a bit much as well. Uh, but they're trying to make him the Uncle Ben character since they didn't want to spend too much time on the Uncle Ben character. Like, so I'm willing to forgive a lot of this movie's faults um, be, because I'm understanding that they're trying to separate themselves enough from the originals. And so I'm willing to give it a pass um, for a lot of the things that people might have faults with. And I, I think this is the better version of what Sam Raimi was trying to do in 2002, but, but this movie would not have gotten made in 2002.
0: No, I think uh, one of the other things I touched on that that kind of bothered me, I love Martin Sheet as an actor, but, I feel like their approach to making him really aggressive, like you don't get to see that loving kind of like gentle touch nature that uncle Ben has. You just see him like yelling at Peter all the time. They should have had a couple of scenes where like showing him that uh, he loves them and that this is just tough love. Instead of just like, you know, you guys are withholding a bunch of information from him and he's a teenager. Of course he's going to be upset. Uh, So, so I find that kind of distracting. Uh, The lizard to me is completely bland. He's, he's bland. Like, I, I feel like Connors had more of a personality in Spider-Man
1: too, than he did in this movie.
0: And he makes a cameo, but he's more effective in that role than <laughs> is in this movie.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's not necessarily, yeah, I, he's not necessarily a developed character. Well, but, but I understand what he's doing and why he's trying to do it. and um, He's got motivations for sure. Yeah. Um, villain could be better, um, but I'll take Green Lizard over Electro. So uh, at least, yeah. at least these adaptations. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought the crane operator scene was kind of corny. I get what they were trying to do, but it's a little—it's a little corny. I did like yeah. when he saved the kid though. That scene really stands out. I really like that. Cause that's, Pete, that's 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 Spider Man. Like he does that type of stuff.
1: Your friendly neighborhood Spider Man. Yeah,
0: he's he's great with that stuff. Like we'll we'll talk about it later on. He has other scenes like that too. I was like, I love this. These are the parts of the movie that I really enjoy. Like, yeah, and you could tell that well, Webb was having a good time directing these scenes. Like he doesn't yeah. like the action stuff and the comic booky stuff, but like the more intimate stuff, he's good at.
1: Look, and the scene it, not from a Spider-Man movie, but for uh for um, that that gif that we've all seen of Andrew Garfield or of Spider-Man like walking around and like does a like runs up a wall and does a backflip and lands on his feet and then somebody hands him a $5 bill and he looks at it takes off the mask and it's Andrew Garfield in the mask he's just like yes like <laughs> <laughs> I, he so badly wanted to be Spider-Man and he so perfectly fits that enthusiasm um, that, that that Spider-Man has. And there's also the – when he was like revealed at Comic-Con or something like that, he had been walking around in like some cheap $20 <laughs> Spider-Man suit from Walmart. Like this is the dude that you want. And and he was a nobody at the time. I mean social network, uh, I guess. So not a nobody. Right. He was a uh, unknown at the time. Um he had Social Network, which is probably his best performance. Um, but that had been it. And so people didn't know, oh, that's Andrew Garfield. You know, people thought that's whatever the character's name is from Social Network. Um, right. But uh it, but the the to me the epitome of why I think this movie is better and why I like this movie more is the very first scene we see him as like actually Spider Man in his suit. Um and he's like catches somebody stealing something. Sorry, I didn't get a chance to rewatch this one, um, but he uh, he's, he's taking his time and he's kind of verbally taunting. And he's just like, every now and then like, Pah-pah! and like sling his hand to a wall. And then he'll like make more verbal. like he's having fun with it. And Spider-Man is a lot more quirky in this than he was in the, the Raimi trilogy. And Spider-Man's a quirky yes. character. So yeah, he,
0: like he did everything about perfect. this is great. Like to him, me. like, like you said, he's him lashing him and then he's like, you and sneezes and like shoots yeah. out back. He's like, like I said earlier, like, oh no, the the world's tiniest knife and like you know quivering. You know what I mean?
1: Like that's yeah, yeah. hilarious.
0: Like and that's yeah, Peter, and that's Peter Spider-Man.
1: Parker from the from the comics, from the cartoons, from everything except for the Raimi trilogy. Yeah. So I, I,
0: much better the quips. Like it was perfect. Uh,
1: yeah. All right. Uh, then the Amazing Spider-Man Two. Um, man, I really like this movie.
0: Uh, I still dislike it. I actually think I dislike it more than the first one.
1: Okay, uh, it has a lot of
0: plot problems.
1: Yes, um, this this movie has a lot of problems. But they, I really like this they, movie.
0: I feel like they drop Electro midway through the film and then bring him back just so he's relevant again for the plot.
1: And same he's, thing he's, with Harry.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, yep. Harry just kind of gets dropped in. I don't know what they're like. I know what the relationship is in the comic books, but they're inferring a lot that the viewer comes in and like is able to fill in the blanks. Like I was like, I don't believe these guys are friends. They don't have any yep. chemistry together. Like,
1: and I, I don't like Dane DeHaan. And, I don't think he's a good actor at all. I just well, don't or, like him. Here's the thing. He <laughs> was, he was coming off of Chronicle and he's awesome in Chronicle. He's so good in Chronicle.
0: I haven't seen it yet. So I might want to watch the it's, movie it's, he's actually good in.
1: <laughs> Cause well, I haven't seen one yet. Here's the, that's where he made his, that's where he made his break. His day, de- his, right. his, his huge debut him and michael b jordan slay it in that movie they're incredible direct written and directed by josh trank people thought josh trank was going places and then he came out <laughs> with fantastic four Sorry. in capone and nobody thinks josh trank is going anywhere um no. but but like people thought oh this guy's got a future and dane DeHaan is so good in chronicle and he's fine and lawless and he's okay in the devil all the time but he's not good in this movie Oh, actually, but, but I, I do love remember the, the, him from I the I
0: did like him in lawless.
1: Yeah, he's, he's got a m- small role, but he's fine. Yeah, but he's memorable, uh, though. But yeah. I, I, I love the casting in theory. The problem is the character gets five minutes of screen time as Harry, and then five minutes of screen time as the ugliest goblin I've ever seen. And I don't mean that in a flattering way. Like, I don't mean that in like, yeah, the green goblin is supposed to be hideous. I mean, nothing about it looks right. and And they went with the genetic approach for the goblin as opposed to you know the suited approach and i i didn't think it worked they should have just straight up gone for hobgoblin
0: the the setup is really lazy too like it's it's way too convenient like the way he ends up turning into goblin like the suit just happens to be there when he gets injected and the doors open up it's just super corny i'm just like I hate to say I was like I prefer like the the Power Rangers suit from the first Raimi movie over this like
1: I, I do I, I 100% do
0: he and looks of course, gross and, and like you're bringing in a,
1: you're bringing an actor of such a high caliber of Chris Cooper and you have him just die on a deathbed doing nothing the first scene like the only scene he's in he's just like all right yeah like he, he's kind like of a notable always...
0: character actor and like he's just there
1: yeah and Jamie Foxx's electro again I like in theory nothing about it worked um, the the character, while obviously sympathetic, it's the so character. sympathetic. He's a yeah. right. It's 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 the same problem I have. And one day we'll talk about Joker. It's just the combination of the worst possible things happened to this one person in a small period of events. It's like, look, I'm a cynic. I'm a cynic, but humanity's not that bad. So
0: I believe um, more in Joker than I believe it in this film, like for sure. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. They gave um, it like a weird comb over and like. They tried yeah. to make
0: Jamie Foxx look like as unattractive as possible. It was like Yep. You guys could have went a different route with this, like
1: And we and we have about thirty seconds of Rhino and the final shot of the movie in the trailer, which is a cool shot. Um Yeah, and of course the uh, oh and I love um when he interacts with the kid there. Um at the, yeah, end, yeah, at I was the gonna, end of the movie.
0: Exactly. Uh I, I like when he when he's at the midpoint and like these kids are like bullying this kid and like ruining his science project. And he kind of steps in like, oh, did you build this? And like, you know, boosting the kid up. You know what I mean? And like, that's that's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Like, oh, let me walk you home. You know what I mean? Like, that's why people love Peter. And that's why people love Spider-Man. Because yeah. he's, he's super relatable. So I think Andrew Garfield, like I said, across both movies, even though I don't like the movies, I'll still watch him every once in a while because I like him and I like Gwen Stacy. Yeah.
1: Uh, and I guess excellent. I love Emma Stone. They're, great still, they're still great in this movie. Like, I love them both here. Um, I think the death scene of Gwen Stacy is done really well. Um, it feels just out of the comic books to me. Yeah, um, I feel bad saying this.
0: Like it is like one of the best parts in the movie. Yeah. I mean, this in the, the most respectful way possible like they handled it perfectly.
1: Well, and look, I remember uh, cause they showed scenes of that, um, that setup in the trailer. And so I remember like everybody talking, like everybody knew Gwen Stacy was going to die in the movie and here, but seeing it happen because it's, it's done in the slow-mo and you see him make an attempt and you're like, Oh, is he gonna do it? And in the comics, she dies from whiplash because he grabs her and her, you know, and her head just snaps back. But in this one, he grabs her right next to the ground, and you can just hear like a quick just and it's the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in a co- in a Spider Man movie. It's it like chilled me to my bone. I was like, oh, and it's like a split second. They don't they don't do a slow mo whacking on the ground. They don't linger on it too often. It's just it's a slow mo and then a quick cut. It's just masterful editing.
0: It's like she hits her head and then also does the iconic, like, you could, like, if there were to have text on screen, you would hear, like, you would see crack. Like, her back, like, snaps and it's just like, ugh. And then you, you, I mean, you know, because everyone knows human physiology at some basic level. You're like, and he comes down there and, like, they do the whole scene and he's just, like, pleading and it's just, like, it's horrible. It's, like, horrible
1: and, And again, Andrew Garfield being a great actor, he sells it um that's yeah absolutely
0: yeah like i i totally buy his emotions in there like i started tearing up i was like i don't even really care about this movie but i care about these two and it really yeah it's frustrating to see that he wasn't able to save you know saber and you know you know how that ends i think also the uh, the other scene that i found really effective was the montage through the seasons of him like visiting her grave yeah he's beautifully done i was like I could tell what Webb, the the director, what he really enjoys. He's really mm-hmm. good at like capturing these really emotional moments. He just doesn't really care about the, the comic book aspects of it, which is which is fine. But.
1: Yeah. Um I have three more notes. Uh let's see. Uh we kinda hinted on two of them. Number uh number one is uh the Peter's parents thing. Uh this yeah, this is where it kinda goes off the rails for me. Um and doesn't doesn't necessarily work as well as as I wanted to. Um, cause I like how the first one had a lot of mystery, um, kind of killed all the mystery that was there. Um, and just yeah. went straight up for, we're giving you answers because we don't have time to let you figure things out on your own. Things like that. So, um, yeah, it, it, that whole arc kind of falls apart in this movie. Um, uh, due to lack of time and also, um, the man, keep on the, the keep on with that captain Stacy stuff. um, the, all of the
0: it's so hamfisted in this movie.
1: <laughs> it, it is, and like there was no need for his, for his presence to be in this movie at all. Um, yeah, it's just so so overdrawn. Uh, but I'm sure the studio is just like, well, we paid Dennis Leary, so you're gonna put Dennis Leary. And <laughs> you're gonna uh, put him in this movie. And look again, that's that's the next uh, that the last note is. Man, something about Spider-Man movies and in studio interference because you feel this. Um, Probably just as much as you do Spider-Man 3. Uh, this is also a classic example of studio interference because you could tell yeah. Sony Sony's trying to catch up to the MCU at this point um, because the Amazing Spider-Man came out, I think, the same summer that Avengers did. So they're already way behind. So they're trying to catch up. we got to get our cinematic universe and we got to get it quick. And as it turns out, like so many have tried, it doesn't work. The reason the MCU worked is because they built it up over several movies. You can't get to the Sinister Six in two movies. Without yeah. you know, <laughs> gosh, I would have loved their plans because when they before Spider Amazing Spider-Man Two released, they announced a Sinister Six spinoff movie and the Amazing Spider-Man Three or Four, and then that was going to be at least Mark Webb was going to be done at that point. um And like, I'm here for all of that. I think Paul Giamatti as the as the Rhino was a fine casting. um The um the cast you know, again, we kind of talked about Dane han and Electro, but give them more time, and they would have maybe been you know, hopefully been better uh and then uh they teased in the mid-credits scene or during the credits uh mysterio um vulture and i think scorpion and who knows who they would have cast for them but man that that combination of the six would have been awesome uh but yeah this is this has studio interference written all over it and i'm not surprised it failed because of that but i don't blame any of it on mark webb oh and uh hans zimmer score here awesome excellent
0: yeah great great score um yeah, I think the only part that I found cheesy was the the whole fight with uh, with Electro with the equalizers. I was like, it's a little cheesy. It's kind of fun. I get what they're trying to go for, but it's a it's a little Put a yeah. little sprinkle a little cheese on top of it. But yeah, um, cool. Like I said, I think you're making me dislike this movie a little less.
1: That's good. <laughs> I, look, when I'm watching this movie, I love it. I really love it, uh, and I get. I'm just willing to look past the studio interference in the same way that I am Spider Man Three. Uh, but the difference is in Spider Man Three you can feel Raimi doesn't care about this movie. Whereas in the amazing Spider-Man two, you can feel Mark Webb is trying to do the best with what Sony will let him do and what Sony is forcing him to do. So yeah, we um, we
0: pointed out plenty of pretty awesome scenes. You know I mean? They're generally done really well.
1: So Um, look, I love Tom Holland, but I I would have rather MCU just keep Andrew Garfield um, and somehow make it work. Uh, That'd been my preferred. Tom Holland. He's my guy. He's (laughs) awesome. He's so good he is the best Peter Parker. Um, but I just wish for the sake of not having three Spider-Man in 10 years and, uh, um, you know, having to yet tell another origin story. Um, you know, I, I would have loved, uh, at least I
0: didn't go through the whole uncle Ben thing again. They just briefly mentioned it in civil war.
1: Yeah. Well, but Tony is (laughs) the uncle Ben character. So, um, all right, let's make these last two quick. I think we can be quick about these two. Um, I think. Um, all right, Venom, do you like it, love it, hate it? Just like, it? I think it's just okay.
0: Uh, hate it, I think it's terrible. Like
1: Okay. I, I literally wow. have,
0: like, I think 12 things written are all negative, and I have one positive.
1: I can uh, I summarize. Tom, by...
0: Hardy tr- Tom Hardy tries can... his best.
1: <laughs> he tries his best. I can summarize all my feelings in one sentence, and that is that um, I am on the high side of okay for this movie, but this movie completely falls apart if it's anybody except for Tom Hardy in the role. But he looks like he's having fun, and he's trying, and I kind of buy into it, um, and he just is willing to embrace it. But yeah, I, I think this is a really bad movie that Tom Holland makes pretty watchable. Or not Tom Holland, Tom Hardy. Too many Tom H's in comic book movies.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, Tom,
1: Tom he's, Hardy makes this movie watchable.
0: It's true. He's entertaining, but like one of the notes I have down is like this movie does the most impossible task and makes Tom Hardy look unattractive. um he looks like a sweaty mess even before he becomes bonded with the symbiote like he just looks he looks rough uh and i get it he's supposed to be kind of like this kind of gonzo journalist kind of like type guy uh you know
1: but he's kind of like the eddie brock you're talking about not full for it you know with uh you know depressed because he can't find the job and so he you know it doesn't work out in this one i mean he
0: kind of gets discredited in the same route Kind of as the original
1: Eddie Brock in the comics, but this is a lot closer he, to Eddie Brock than Spider-Man. 3 he's a lot everywhere. closer
0: than T- Topher Grace is. He's a better
1: cast, I'm sure. Like, yeah, yeah, I can't even tell you that. yeah. Um, uh, man, go ahead. Rifle through. Go ahead, because I, I I don't it, have anything more to say. The visual effects a, in this movie are great. That's the other thing. Do
0: you think so? I think they're terrible. But
1: um, this, uh, I'm specifically thinking of. I think they're I think they're really good. Uh, but there's a there's a shot in the movie where Venom and Riot are mixed up. Um, and um, Riz Ahmed and Tom Hardy are both kind of in... I think it's a beautiful shot. Um, I think it's just... I love it. I love it so much.
0: To, to me, the materials just look off. Like, the textures and the materials look off for, for Venom. Like, I wouldn't picture them being... They look a little too glossy and, like, weird. I'm being, like, really critical of, like, their visual effects, but... Uh, I, I, well,
1: but I you are like, more into the comics than I am, so yeah, that's okay. I feel like they're they're
0: almost as bad as Black Panther, almost... Ooh, but no, but no, but no. not they're not like they're not the best. But that's like the, that's that's either here nor there. That's not the problem with the movie is the visual effects. I mean, it feels like a really bad early 2000s comic book movie, kind of like Elektra, Fantastic Four, Daredevil. You know, Blade Three. This it feels movie, like
1: it, it could belong in that era of like movies. this movie would have been awesome in 2003. Yeah, yeah. People like this is the best
0: movie. And I think some people that's why they like it. They're like, oh, it's the best movie ever because they have that nostalgia in their brain. But like as far as like a script goes. And when you think about the character's motivations, it's all off. Like, Eddie Brock, you're a terrible person. You just got your wife fired or your fiance fired. Like, why are you? That's like a big invasion of trust. Like, I don't feel bad for you. You're a terrible person. And Tom
1: Hardy and Michelle Williams have no chemistry.
0: None. They have about as much chemistry as that uh, wig does to her head. Like, (laughs) the
1: wig is terrible. It's awful. Yeah. Yep. Uh,
0: I think it's a great cast, but they're all wasted. All of them. It's a beautiful cast. Man, and
1: Riz Ahmed (laughs) is one of the best young working actors we have.
0: And he's just evil Elon Musk, more yep. more evil Elon Musk because Elon Musk is too. But uh, he's just not interesting. Like he's just yeah. he's a mustache mustache twirling villain. Like
1: yep, eh, he's just bad.
0: Um, the the setup at the beginning, how long that is to get riot over. Like I didn't need to
1: see all of that. You I should cut yeah. some of that out. It's a little yeah. much. That's fair. Um, I didn't. Look, think I'll be actual- honest. When I was rewatching this movie, I was actually like uh, making graphics and stuff for Cif Pop. Um, this is one of this is one of the ones that I definitely watch i this is a perfect background movie. uh you can kind of tune in and out whenever you want um uh, but yeah um yeah, yeah. I look I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying except Tom Hardy is trying you said Tom Hardy's trying his best. It worked for me um yeah
0: he, he's trying his best and like if I were to say anything that was good about it, just him literally talking to himself because he plays both him and bet like Benham and Eddie Brock is probably the better part of the movie like if I had to if I had to think of something positive like they're those are the two best parts of the movie. But like any any time you think about any of the scenes in any great detail, you're just like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, where do these doom buggies come from? Uh, yeah. Why is she venom? It's kind of weird the she venom scene and him kissing. It's kind of weird. It's awkward yeah. to think about
1: it. My wife watched it with me this time, and I, and the scene came and I'd forgotten about it. And I looked at her. I'm like, by the way, venom so is sexy too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's it plus like, how does he know all these like colloquialisms about like uh, you know maybe he downloads inside of eddie brock's brain he just knows how to speak english like i don't know but just things they don't really explain and they just don't really make sense if you think about them too deeply it just the movie falls apart yeah uh tom hardy's cool i like tom hardy so
1: oh and the and the whole final fight sequence you know how they finally kill riot is uh um super underwhelming and um the, the third mid, act. <laughs> and the mid and the mid credit scene um setting up um the cassius clay I don't know Cletus Cassius right Cassius Clay Muhammad Ali Cletus Cletus Cletus, um... yeah whatever Cletus setting up Carnage Um, man I don't know how I feel about Woody Harrelson playing Carnage but uh, we will find out Um, we will find out. Um it's uh Venom Let There Be Carnage. Look, the only reason I'm excited for Venom Let There Be Carnage Cletus is Cassidy.
0: Sorry, you just gave me right.
1: Cassidy. It's so close.
0: Um <laughs> uh, uh, Cassidy, yeah. No, like he has a double uh uh what's it called I mean Marvel loves doing this, like you know, you get Reed Richards,
2: you
1: know,
0: Cletus Cassidy.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um yeah, uh, the things that's keeping me here is that I don't think Michelle Williams is in it, Tom Hardy is and Andy Serkis is directing instead of Ruben Fleischer, so um yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe we- kind, of, kind of. I'll I'll watch Venom too. Um, I probably won't go to a theater, but we'll we'll get there at some point. Um, but the th- yeah um yeah there's there's something here. It just it made more money than it should have, and this movie would have done awesome and would have been great in two thousand three, but not nah, not so much for you know if this comes out before Iron Man and the Dark Knight when comic book movies were X Men two at best. Um, <laughs> yeah. This 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 can compete with that mid tier, so not that tippy yeah, I think, top I think tier. So.
0: Yeah, it would be that mid tier. It'd be like slightly above like Fantastic Four and like Elektra. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'd, it'd, be, it'd, it'd be
1: between X Two and Fantastic Four. Yeah,
0: so. it wouldn't be like Blade, where like Blade and Blade Two are, are even by today's standards are pretty solid films. Like they're a list of
1: shame for me, but and look i think we can get through this last one because what more can we say about it the spider-man and the spider-verse is such a good movie um and the animation is beautiful and brilliant the voice cast is the thing that sticks out i love this movie
0: uh yeah i absolutely love this movie like uh i i my one con i just wanted more
1: (laughs) i just wanted more because it's just Uh,
2: excellent
1: it's interesting though because my if i have to label a con it's I think the movie's a little long, and it's because the animation style is so jarring to the eyes in in, in not a bad way, but for two straight hours, it it can be. Um, right. I, I remember seeing it in the movie theaters, and several times needing to take off my glasses and rub my eyes. Um, and yeah, even when I watch it at home, it's it's not necessarily um, yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily the um, the easiest thing to look at. It's gorgeous, and it's beautiful, and it's unique, and it's creative, and all that. Um, Man, voice casting here. Um, gosh. Uh, uh, I mean, of course, the um, Jake Johnson as Peter Parker is uh, a great casting, especially for the lazy version of the Peter Parker. And having Chris <laughs> yeah, Pine be yeah. his counterpart is is just perfect. <laughs> um, uh, Shamik Moore playing Miles Morales does a great job. Haley Steinfield as uh, Spider-Gwen is great. Uh, her. Mahershala she's, Ali. She's one Brian of my Henry. Um, Zoe Kravitz. um uh, and then the standouts to me are, oh gosh, this is, this is so deep because there's Natalie Morales is also uh, playing Miss Caleros. Leave Schreiber plays uh Kingpin. Uh, Catherine Hogg who we recently saw as a uh, Agatha um, is, uh, is the female version of Doc Ock. I didn't know that. Yeah. But
0: uh, she's really excellent. I mean, like everybody in this movie is like top notch as far as voice acting goes. Like they're great actors.
1: Well, so the so the standouts for me are, of course, John Mulaney as Spider Ham, um, Nicholas Cage as Spider Man Noir, which is the best <laughs> thing I didn't know I needed. And Kamiko uh, writing—I wonder if
0: he wrote that himself because, like those those lines of dialogue are hilarious. Like- Look, there
1: are there is no way they wrote that character without intending Nicholas Cage to voice him. Yeah, so, for sure.
0: The line delivery is perfect. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, uh, so he's um, it, the, yeah that trio right there is is just perfection uh this is a cleverly written story the characters are felt the soundtrack is amazing uh and really fits the vibe of the movie there's really not much to not love about this movie it's excellent
0: yeah it's for sure
1: the best spider-man movie
0: the yeah i I agree too um the the opening is very frenetic and very like it gets you ramped up and pumped up to watch the movie like it's perfect the way it, it introduces its characters and you get it like you get to see Spider Man from his universe. You know what I mean? So you kind of get like, you know, you get Chris Pine's version, you know, how he loves being Spider Man. Spider Man's like everything to him. And then to meet Peter B. Parker, it's like his life is ruined. It's in shambles. You know what I mean? He's 10 more years into his career. So like he has all of the heartaches of being yeah. Spider Man. Um, so that dynamic was really cool. Cause like it was very clashing when, cause Miles meets both of them and like meets one. He's like, hey, you're supposed to teach me Spider Man stuff. He's just
1: like, <laughs> I'm not teaching Spider Man stuff. I'm just trying to get out of here and go home. Well, and the balls to kill Peter Parker in the beginning, man. Yeah, they jump.
0: I had a feeling that was going to happen because Miles resides in the ultimate universe. And that's what happens in the comic books. But it happens differently. Um, But it's, yeah, like, like I said, go ahead.
2: But yeah.
1: I just, I haven't, um, uh, the, uh, um, gosh, uh, having having the Peter Parker be killed, but I did see the end credit scene for venom is by the way, here's something I didn't mention about venom venom's runtime is an hour and 50 minutes, but the credits start in an hour and 30 minutes. What a, what a hack oh, wow. what? because, because they show that like five minutes of into the spider verse at the end and oh, the, yeah, yeah. and the carnage setup scene takes a hot second. So, um, yeah, the, uh, um,
0: I, I do remember that. It was like, Oh, I wish I was watching this movie right now that i remember saying that.
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh it's awesome um but uh but yeah having uh having having the the two peter parkers in there and and i lost i lost what i was gonna say i think it was just um i it wasn't a surprise to me because i was an idiot and watched the five minute clip at the end of venom so and they were only released like a month apart it was pretty close right i think one was like august and one was october but uh yeah i like Literally, what else could we say? Like, animation's beautiful. Characters are so deep and interesting. Uh, I, I can't wait for more of this. I can't wait for. Uh, I'm pretty sure they, they announced a Spider Gwen spinoff. I think Spider Ham is supposed to get his own, at least like short collection. I, I don't think, know about full length so. movie. Um, yeah, I, I'm here for it. Please give me Spider Man Noir with Nick Cage. Please give me all of it.
0: Plus, we'll see. Uh, we'll see the future Spider Man. Oscar Isaac. You know, they kind of uh, kind of pointed at that for a next thing, yeah. next venue too. So that was cool. Yeah. It was a really cool, like a little stinger, like <laughs> fun little nod to the, uh, the, uh, TV uh, show cartoon. So, that was really
1: yeah, cool. that was a, yeah, that was a perfect, perfect end credits scene. Uh, all right. I am out of Spider-Man stuff.
0: I, yeah. I'll, I'll touch upon like one of the, like I, I love Mahershala Lee in this movie. He's not in the movie a whole lot, but when he is, it's super impactful and it, and it adds a lot to not only his character, but to miles. Um, and I like seeing the two father figures in miles life. Like, I feel like both of those performances were really well done. And you could see why, you know, Aaron Davis is at odds with, uh, with Jefferson. Like you totally get why, you know what I mean? They're yeah. just, they're opposite ends of the spectrum as far as like their beliefs and like what they, you know, what they're fighting for, even though they, they generally have the same goal. They want to be that role model for, for miles. They want to be that guy. Like even yeah. when, when, you know, he, he ends up dying Aaron, you know, sorry, spoiler alert, When, when Aaron <laughs> Davis dies, he's like, I just wanted you to be proud of me. It's like, I failed you. You know what I mean? Like, that's like the last thing he says to him. Like, it's just so powerful. Like it's a, it's a really terrific scene. Uh, Yeah. I can't say enough about, about Mahershali's performance or even uh, I forgot who played. I know the actor, but I'm trying to, I don't have his name in front of me. Plays who? Plays his dad. Uh, Yeah. Brian Tyree Henry is like, he's great. Like the whole sequence of him taking him (laughs) to school. Like that's hilarious.
1: (laughs) Well, but also the moment where, you know, when he's trying to get into the dorm room, but Miles is tied up, like, it's... Yeah. Man, that's awesome, too. Uh, Yeah, I I love this movie. I've already given my thoughts on, I think, um, Maguire... Not Maguire. I think Garfield is the best Spider-Man, but Holland is the best uh, Peter Parker. Um, Would would you agree with that? Would you counter that with something? I I think Holland is overall my
0: favorite of both, but I I do think there is an argument to be had for Garfield being a better Spider-Man. His Spider-Man is great. Um, I just think it's Peter Parker's... Well It's not it, his fault, it's the way the script was written. It's he's he's too cool. You, yeah, I mean, that's the guy wears thrasher t shirts and like skateboards and has like, you know, perfectly, you know, manicured hair. Like
2: Yeah.
1: It's not really Peter Parker. Well Park. and you know, and you can also make may, maybe the argument that I'm you know, Tom Holland is still unexperienced and not confident. Whereas Andrew Garfield is like especially by the time we get to Amazing Spider Man two, is like super cocky, which is, you know, part of what leads to Electro. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah, part of Spider Man, but yeah really meant to be one of his his faults but yeah um yeah um what's a super quick do you is there any comic arcs um or villains that you want to see uh in spider-man uh and we're, we're already going to craven the hunter um which uh is going to be a solo movie and they just cast aaron taylor johnson for that um which is interesting um it is very <laughs> uh but Kraven the Hunter would be cool. I'd love to see Hobgoblin, like an actual true Hobgoblin. Um and uh obviously like I'd like to see a good version of Venom. Um yeah, um I'm trying to think. Uh, but is there any like characters you're specifically thinking? Oh, Omega Red would be cool. I know he's kind of also an X-Men character, but he, he plays a lot in the M- Miles Morales comics. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: he plays a lot in the Ultimate Universe. Um Yeah, uh you you, you brought up Kraven. Um yeah, I think uh, Craven's last hunt would be a great storyline to eventually okay. delve into. Um, it would be awesome to see something with the Punisher because, like, Punisher was kind of a villain at first. Uh,
2: yeah,
1: um, maybe that's how they introduce him into the MCU. Is as yeah, a spider villain? And, and,
0: like, and like you said, anything with Hobgoblin. We haven't seen anything with Hobgoblin. You know, I'd like to see see them take a crack at it. And, yeah. and like you mentioned, it would be great to see a true Venom origin with Tom Holland and like you know maybe that will happen we maybe you know we have a multiverse you know that they can play with you know look
1: if if for some reason sony winds up selling the rights to spider-man or at least venom to to disney then they'll straight up reboot it um venom the venom portion at least i think they're trying to keep it separate because they realize that you know venom isn't great and venom 2 probably won't be great either so you know in feige we trust um yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm not so well-versed. The The problem, too, is Spider-Man shares a lot of villains with a lot of other people. So uh, it's just right. hard. You know, like, Kingpin's a big one, but we've seen him excellently portrayed in the Daredevil show. Um, and you mentioned Punisher. Um, yeah, there's, like I said, Omega Red is also X-Men. Like, I feel like there's quite a few characters that they could, uh, that we've already seen before. Uh, but Kraven's Cra- the obvious one. Um, Scorpion would be would be cool. Um but, I mean, it feels like they're Vulture. kind of teeing that up a little
0: bit, and uh,
1: yeah, in, yeah.
0: They're, at yeah, least introduce sure. these characters, which is cool
1: for sure. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, we've gotten Mysterio now, and we've gotten Vulture. Like, I love that take on Mysterio
0: them. too. He's really good. I like what the, yeah. the the direction they went with that.
1: I'd like to see a good version of Sandman. Like, that, that's the only thing I can say is I'd like to see good versions of these other characters. But uh, I like the
0: performance. I just, you know, what I mean, I, I just think like if he had his own time in the movie and it wasn't too convoluted with other villains i think he would have been better um yeah better well served i think he did a good for job sure. though as far as acting
1: was, I thought he was really yeah smart. for sure cool I uh, you want to talk about the b plot yeah all right um so i thought it'd be fun let's let's uh fantasy cast a live action miles morales movie um this is kind of difficult uh but i i like this question because it really stretched um you know i've i've self-proclaimed while doing these sometimes, like not realizing until I'm saying them out loud that like every time I fantasy cast it's just a bunch of white people. Um so this kind of stretches um that. Uh for me personally, uh I thought was um uh was challenging in a good way. Um but also like g- gets a chance to get some love to um some to some people. Um um so uh to give some love to some uh some black actors and actresses and uh um you know, I, I'm, I'm happy with what I have. Uh, The problem that I'm running, the problem that I was running into is, if you look on any website or anything like that, like who, who are young actors? Who are young black actors? It, you got Zendaya, and then like, you know, the Michael B. Jordan, and the people that you already know. And but like, there's not much of them. And if you just look up who are the young actors, it's just a bunch of white people. And like, look, Hollywood is getting better, and and that gives me hope. But um, for now, it still is. Um, I know there's plenty of talent out there, but if you look anywhere, it's 90% white people. So uh, this is difficult for me. Was this difficult for you?
0: Uh, I did it pretty quickly. I kind of cheated on a few of these because some of these are already they've already been these characters before, or they've. That's I just fair. feel like they fit. They fit well. Like
1: I, I did my best not to have existing DC or Marvel actors playing, um, playing any characters in this. So that limited me um, from Yaha Abdul-Manteen II. Um, it eliminated me from using uh, Donald Glover. It eliminated me from using any of the million um, actors in Black Panther. Um, so. was, uh, I mean,
0: Donald Glover's is already uh, Aaron Davis, which is perfect. It's perfect. It's
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of like how honest- he looks
0: like he's, uh, he's he looks a little high all the time, which is great. Yeah. I, I feel like he did that on purpose, which is pretty funny.
1: Well, in an ideal world, I'd love to see a Morales, Miles Morales movie spinning off from that where Aaron Davis is is Donald Glover. But I decided to go truly wholly original, non-NCU connected, um, but also not distracting from like, here's other people. So, uh,
0: Have you seen the extra scene where he's uh, he's calling uh, Miles and telling him he's not going to be there? He's going to be late?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's, like, that's a really cool scene. I love it. Um, okay, uh, do you want to... Like, do we want to? One of us lists it, and then one of it. Yeah, let's do that. Um, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first?
0: Uh, you you can go first.
1: Okay. Um, so we have casting here. We have to do Miles, his um, his parents. Um, and I could be wrong, but I think isn't isn't his mom Hispanic? Not not black.
0: Yeah, she's. I believe she's Puerto Rican. Um, okay.
1: Um, I think that's correct. That's not the way I went. Um okay. but I could. I could. I could do that. Actually, no, I could do that. I like that better, actually. Um, Okay. And then Aaron Davis, um, a villain, and you get to pick a villain, um, a love interest, and a writer and a director. Um, I have, playing Miles Morales, is Niles Finch. Um, Do you watch This Is Us? I don't. Okay. Um, This is probably the only thing this guy has been in that anybody would know, but he plays the high school version of Randall. Who is the Sterling K. Brown character in This Is Us? Um, I think he's a, a really good young actor. He's right about the age. He's um, was born in two thousand and one, I believe. Um, so he's about twenty in real life, but I think could but he passes as a high schooler on a weekly basis. So um, could probably pass um, for for that. Or you just make mild Miles a college student. Um, so that's who I have there. Um, I thought about. Um, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but he's also in This Is Us. He plays Malik, um, who is a season four introducing character. He's also in When They See Us. Um, I really like him. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, As- oh, Asante Black. Um, I thought about casting him, but I couldn't make ages match. Uh, um, so Niles Finch is who I'm going with. For the parents, um, I originally had um, Kingsley Benadire, who plays Malcolm X in One Night in Miami. Um, and Journey Smollett, but I'm gonna change that to Rosa Salazar, who plays Alita in Little Battle Angel*. Oh,
2: that's so because
1: cool. they're about the same age, um, and doable for a um, if Miles is younger, if he's playing a little younger, doable. Yeah, for I think
0: Rosa's like thirty.
1: I think she was born 30s. in the mid '80s, which is yeah. when *King'sley* years So yeah, mid '30s. Yeah, um, she looks so, really young though. Yeah, and so th- you know the story here would have to be they had Miles young, but this is a fantasy cast, not a realistic cast. Um, plus with the age of CGI, we could do whatever we want, but like Rosa Salazar is so hard to pick because she's so CGI'd up in Alita. But, uh, so Kingsley Benadir and Rosa Salazar for Aaron Davis. Uh, I picked Jonathan majors. He is, um, from to five bloods and love He's the lead in Lovecraft Lovecraft country. Um, I think he oh, he's a great actor. I love him.
0: Yeah, he's really great. Yeah. Th-
1: this is where I would have put Yaha Abdul-Mandir in the second, but, um, I-, I went with, uh, um, Jonathan majors because of that. And I almost went with David Diggs, but I didn't my villain. Uh, I'm going to go with Kingpin. Um, because I couldn't think of a, a Craven that I wanted. <laughs> um, I
0: went with Kingpin too. Cause I, I think I took it really literal. Like I literally went from like, if we made it, the spider- into into a spider. Yeah. yeah.
1: I went Kingpin. Um, just cause, cause that was, I, I thought about, um, a, a couple different, uh, I thought about Hobgoblin for a second, but I was just like Kingpin. Uh, I went with John David Washington. Um, Cause, he, man, he can play intimidating. Uh, he looks great in suits. Uh, he looks like a guy that you just don't want to get on the wrong side of. Uh, and he's typically been the hero in everything we've seen. Uh, I think he could really play a great Kingpin. Kingpin.
0: Um, be interesting take too, because like usually you know Kingpin's a a really big dude. Like
1: yeah. So,
0: so it'd be really cool, like kind of juxtaposition.
1: Yeah, I th- Yeah, I thought that as well. Um, the love interest here. Um, I, this was really hard for me to pinpoint really hard to find. Um, I went with Daphne Keene. Um, she plays the, <laughs> the younger, the, the girl in Logan. Yeah, um, yeah, she's still, um, a, um, I, I think a Hispanic origin. Uh, I think that's her birth line. Um, she's not American. Um, so there's still, you I, know, not, I think she's people. Yeah.
0: Okay. I think she's Spanish.
1: Yeah. yeah. I wasn't positive. I know she's not, you know, domestic actor. But, um, uh, I went with her and they'd be right, about the right age and, uh, yeah, it could be a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, my, my Miles Morales movies being written and directed by Donald Glover. So I kind of cheat. I have him behind the sure. camera instead of front, front of the camera. I couldn't think of anybody, um, to write the movie besides Donald Glover. And I think he, he can do whatever he wants. And so he can direct it too. I almost thought about having this like written and directed by different people, um, because I, I wanted uh, Destin Daniel Cretton to write the movie. He did Just Mercy and uh, Short Term 12. But uh, now this is Donald Glover's movie for sure. So uh, that's my cast. Um, so um, it'd be really hard to get <laughs> the budget for for all these people. But uh, <laughs> it's who I picked.
0: I think Marvel could uh, they could loosen up the purse strings. They could definitely if they if they you
1: know I mean look if they, if they can get the, they do it. <laughs> if they can get the money for Infinity War and for the cast that they have for the Eternals and. Cast they're probably they have cast for Black
0: Panther. I mean that was ridiculous.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Let's not let's not overlook them. But uh what did you have? I'm curious to see if you have similar actors or at least ones that I mentioned I was considering. I'm I'm really curious to hear what you have.
0: Like like some of these are are really kind of obvious. Like I was like, I really like shameek Moore in the role already. So okay. that was like my top pick for Miles. Uh I also sure. had uh Najee Jeter, I don't know if I'm pronounced his name right. Uh he played Miles Morales in the video game. I thought they were okay. both really sympathetic. And also, you could fit them within the MCU timeline because you could have them not get part of the blip, so they're a little older. Um, so, oh, so I did think think about work, that. Yeah. I think it would work out um, pretty well. Um, yeah. For the for the parents, uh, for Rio Morales, I got uh, uh, Salinas uh, Leva. Uh, she was in Orange Is New Black. Uh, she was kind of like the the kind of Puerto Rican kind of mother figure in the in the prison. You see her in a lot of movies. Um, yeah. She's also I- in Spider Man Homecoming as the uh, history teacher. Um, yes i love her that's a great pick <laughs> so she i think she'd be great uh, yeah that's a great pick for jefferson davis i got chad coleman uh he played um tyrese in the walking dead um uh, i didn't yeah. really like the character that much but that that guy has chops like i think he's a really good actor and he, he looks yeah, I've the s- part too like he I've looks seen like him in a couple other
1: things too i i can't quite remember but yeah like pretty, he's great that's cool a great character pick, character
0: um for aaron davis yeah i was like Mahershala Lee, like I'm sorry, like this is go, this is yeah. go. What works? Uh, he's great. Uh, I I like the voice. I like his attitude. I like his swagger in the movie. And i like the way they rewrote his character to be more sympathetic. Um, yep, this is a better take. Uh, I also went with uh, for villains. I went with Kingpin, but I went for the most obvious thing. I was like Vincent D'Onofrio. He's already right there.
1: Like yeah. he's great. <laughs> Look, and and so badly I want MCU to canonize the Daredevil I do TV series. <laughs> Uh because Charlie Cox is incredible and um I, I don't know the actor's name, but I love the guy that plays Foggy and yeah, D'Onofrio is incredible and i so desperately want them to 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 make more Daredevil. I don't super care if they make the rest of yeah, I love Jessica Jones, but uh I don't know that I care if some of the other people are brought back, but yeah, I so badly want Daredevil. Uh great pick. Yeah. Uh
0: and for uh, for love interest I went with I went with quit not really a love interest, but like Let's go Gwen Stacy, Spider-Gwen. Uh, yep. I chose either Anya Taylor-Joy or uh, Kiman Shipka. She's from, most notably from, uh, what is the witch TV show on Netflix? Uh,
1: Sabrina?
0: Sabrina, yeah. Uh,
1: okay.
0: I, I, I think she's very bubbly, and like, but she could also be really dark at the same time. Um, she was okay. in um, The Black Coat's Daughter, which is a pretty dark movie, horror movie, kind of suspe- uh, psychological movie um i think anya taylor joy she's just a chameleon like she could play anything um, yeah she's really good in new mutants also i thought she was really good we, we, she's definitely one of the brighter spots yeah yeah i didn't think the movie was terrible but it definitely wasn't good um but she was good in it um so that, that, that's why for limitress uh as far as writer goes let's just let's bring back phil lord you know just let him write the movie uh he's great yeah. um director just let john watts direct the movie. he knows spider-man pretty well <laughs> he okay. does comedy i was like let's just go with that um yeah, but that, that's, like, that's my whole like rundown of like people I would choose to, to make the Spider-Verse movie.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and I didn't, for the record, I didn't have Daphne Keane as the love interest playing any specific character. I thought they could leave that open-ended because, you know, you could have it just be a random character that's just a love interest. It doesn't have to be MJ or Gwen. Uh, but if you want to make it Gwen, her Gwen, I mean, look, she'd be an excellent Gwen. I mean, we know she has the, um, the physical um, bite to her right. but uh, she could also just you know do do what they did in homecoming kind of and she could be playing like craven's daughter or something like that but you don't know for a while or she, you know she could be playing a version of you know like let's say mysterio's daughter or something like that she could be the hobgoblin right like um, i mean yeah i mean you could do home.
0: anything like they've rewritten characters a couple of times and done it successfully in the mcu where it's like you know like their take on mj fantastic love it. She has dimension to her. She's a great character, you know what I mean? Like something yeah. that was that was suffering from the raimi films. So,
2: yeah. yeah,
0: at this point, they could do no wrong as long as they have good writing behind it. Like I don't really
1: care. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Cool. And then uh then we so uh, look, I really like your movie. Uh, I would for sure green light it. Um I mean like you said it some would of cost these are just millions obvious. Of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> like look like you said some of these are just obvious, right? Like for sure is just, you know, and and again, I think you could even take uh um, Donald Glover and throw him in that role since he's already playing Aaron Davis. And
2: yeah,
1: uh, again, Donald Glover is kind of like a chameleon. Like he can be a writer, director, stand-up comic, uh, rap artist, you know, things man is a man is a jack of all trades. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. Definitely a treasure. So,
1: Love that guy. Yeah. So, but, uh, we just got to wrap up with the spinoff. Um, Joe, what is that one thing in pop culture that you just really want to tell everybody to, to check out or to avoid?
0: Uh, I think I got like three things here. Uh, I, I just stumbled upon this anime, pretty recently it's called jujutsu kaisen and it has some of the most well-written and most like well-rounded characters i've seen in a shonen anatomy for sure uh just great show i've already watched it three times which is pretty rare for me to watch something that close in uh, proximity and like watch it multiple times um uh class action park great documentary on hbo Yeah,
2: it's great it's a
0: little horrifying but it's pretty hilarious at the same time it's kind of almost feels like a dark comedy kind of
1: (laughs) it feels it feels like you know this should be a totally fictionalized like i know that johnny johnny knoxville that's like, what it's actually, based off of i know i know it's, right i know it's based off but yeah. it feels like this this was it feels like johnny knoxville wrote a movie about some action but like no it's all real yeah
0: it feels crazy. like a mockumentary but it's like all true and it's really horrifying like yeah you know you're a terrible businessman or like a terrible person when donald trump doesn't want anything to do with you so that's pretty bad <laughs> um so true uh and like the two other things like Cause just recently um, really famous manga artists, like probably one of the most famous manga artists uh, recently passed, uh, Kentaro Mura, um, who, who created Berserk, which is a beautiful, uh, wonderful manga piece of art. Uh, so I'd say watch Berserk, the 98 series and the uh, Berserk golden age arc films, which are on Netflix right now. You can watch all three of them. Um, they're really terrific, especially if you love dark fantasy and kind of like more kind of like dark and kind of dour things, more true to life things. Um, so yeah.
1: Cool. Um, I have to talk about Bo Burnham's Inside. Um, have you seen any of Bo Burnham's stand-up specials or anything like that?
0: Sounds super familiar.
1: Um, okay. Um, he wrote and directed Eighth Grade, and he was one of the supporting actors in uh, Promising Young Woman from last year. Um, dude can act. He's also in Mike Birbiglia's Don't Think Twice uh, as a supporting actor. Um, dude can act. Um, he can write and direct really well. Uh, he got started uh, by making YouTube uh, comedy songs on YouTube. Uh, got super big and then made uh, Comedy Central Presents and then did three full length um, stand up specials. Two of them were like when Netflix really started getting into them. Uh, dude is killer, creative, intelligent, smart, um, great about bringing about some of the funniest things you'll ever hear and some of the cleverest things you'll ever hear. Um, and has some of the most unique stuff you'll ever hear. Um, And this is something totally different from him uh, because I would definitely label his career his of performing before this as definitely mostly comedy, but definitely has some touches of realism and um, uh, some certain elements of like battling with his own mental anxiety or depression or stress or whatever he might be dealing with. Um, He's definitely real about some of that stuff. This is, just makes he sense. makes a Coming special from uh,
0: the director of 8th grade cuz yeah
1: yeah yeah he uh he, this this is he makes uh, he writes directs edits pr- everything um a a special in in his house during quarantine um uh, and it is the most real thing i've seen in a long time um it's surprisingly funny uh at a lot of times uh, it the, there's really something here and i no, I didn't have a terrible experience during lockdown, uh, during the past 15 months. I obviously didn't have a great experience, but, um, I certainly didn't have it as bad as a lot of people did. And I think, uh, um, whatever your experience was, uh, you'll really get something from this. That's really important. But if you happen to have a bad experience, um, I feel like this special is a great way to be like me too. And let's try to find some meaning and let's try to find some comedy in that. Um, and it, it's not, it doesn't give answers and anything like that. It's just kind of, he, you could see him processing the last 15 months. Um, it's brilliant. Um, it's not my favorite of his, um, what is my favorite, but this is for sure the most important um, and arguably technically the best. So,
0: Awesome. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think I've stumbled upon his work too. And I, I really loved Eighth Grade. It's, it's also one of those movies like I could watch that once a year maybe because it's just so, it's so yeah. real. Like, it's very mm. raw. Like, and everyone's been in that spot, you know what I mean? So, I feel like he really tapped into that in that film. Like, it's really.
1: For sure. Yeah. So, uh, Bo Burnham's Inside, streaming on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. So, um, do you have do anything
0: to, uh, to, uh, to avoid? Because I got one oh. to avoid.
1: Uh, um, you go ahead and do yours, and I'll see if I can find something. Army of the Dead, real easy. Just don't watch it. It's terrible. Oh, <laughs> I saw it in theaters, and I kind of thought it was fine did you um yeah um uh, maybe it's because i saw it in theaters as opposed to at home on netflix
0: i think i would like it better if i was in theaters probably uh
1: all right here i'll give i'll give a warning um something i didn't think i was gonna do um a quiet place part two and here's why i left the theaters thinking i really liked that movie i definitely didn't love it but the more i've gotten to sit with it the more i've gotten to think about it um the more i've gotten to process it and the more i've just spent time with the same thing with Joker i think i really don't like this movie um and i think robert says it best when he says uh this movie is all of the worst parts of the first movie amplified and i th- i don't oh, think that no. there are many bad parts of the first movie uh i'm just saying um i don't like the first movie yeah. so it's not good for me okay then you then you would hate this one um it's it's more of the same but the worst parts amplified um and yeah i think he's right uh there's a lot to like here and it's for sure a good experience but yeah i definitely think i'm coming down on this movie the farther away from it we get from it and i think it'll be the same story like joker where a year from now i'll be like i kind of hate that movie so <laughs> uh yeah so i guess like i don't know if you'd asked me a week ago i'd have said sure i liked it go see it but now i'm saying like man i i don't think i did and uh you could do worse but uh you, you could do better
0: yeah, people were making super bold claims like it's the best horror sequel they've ever seen. I was like, you may have not watched too many.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to and like, look, I'm not a horror fan, but like, I love the first one because it's a thriller movie more than it is a horror movie. This one's right. a horror movie, not a thriller movie. This one's a horror movie, movie. So okay. Horror. Um. Yeah, and the characters make a lot of questionable decisions, which I that bothers immediately me a lot. knew was a negative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Well, on that note, that's a wrap. A uh, quick reminder Cif Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. And if you're interested in writing for Sifpop.com, uh, you can, uh, uh, or if you want to send us a B plot, something that we can explore, uh, and then send us a question uh, or whatever uh, via email, writersroom at Sifpop.com, uh, and I'll get that. Uh, you can also connect with me on Twitter or on Letterboxd at Schweitcastle. You can also connect with Cif Pop on letterboxd and find all the writers um, that use letterboxd on there and please don't forget to leave us a review on itunes it really helps out the show Uh, much appreciated uh, reviews um left on left on itunes or if other places have reviews but uh that's that's it for me uh joe where do you want to send people
0: yeah uh you reach me on instagram at uh the star spangled avenger an underscore between each word um, yeah, if you're talking between comic books and movies, uh, you could try to argue with me to see if a Quiet Place is actually a good movie. I don't think so. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's
1: cool. me. Yeah, and uh, Joe's Instagram handle will be in the episode description if you just want to copy and paste that. That works too. But uh, Joe, as always, it's so awesome having you on. I really appreciate this.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Yeah. Like always.
1: Uh, next month, we're coming back with uh, A History of Violence and A Road to Perdition. We picked two comic book movies that don't necessarily feel like comic book movies um so uh or at least that you wouldn't necessarily identify immediately as based off the comic book so uh, we'll be talking about those uh and uh, lots of exciting fun stuff uh coming up on the show um next week i'm talking with john for the first time we're doing a tv catch-up so make sure you come back next week make sure you come back next month and uh we'll see you back here at then